Welcome to Board Game Box Office Tablenauts podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max, and I like to party. All right, Kyle, you're up. Uh, I'm Kyle, and I like to do stunts. You know what? Let's move on. Uh, Doolin, you're up. I'm Doolin, and I like to party. For our featured topic, we'll be discussing the very best party games and movies. But before we get into that, what have you been doing lately, Kyle? No, I knew for a fact Doolin doesn't party. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Kyle's the party guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do want to ask you guys, I, I feel like none of us are big partiers anymore. Anymore? Were, were you, you, you ever? You didn't have to say that. Were no. you ever? Listen. Listen, my parties now look a lot like they did when I was in high school, which is just four or five friends getting together playing games. <laughs> so, okay. I, as far as I'm concerned, parties have stayed the same. I'm, I'm a big party guy. My parties now are a little different than they were in high school because in high school, I used to have friends over and we would watch movies. Now, I just watch movies alone. Did you watch movies in high school? No, there's no way he watched movies no, in high school. No, genuinely, genuinely. But here's the thing. My parties in high school consisted of like a group of people. I mean, like five to 12 people watching Rocky Horror Picture Show, Signs, Shaun of the Dead, like the very same movies, like over and over again on repeat. It's, mm. We never, we never, we only watched like five movies. That was it. <laughs> we always watched the same five movies every time we got together. That's really interesting. Hmm. I, was, I did not party in high school. I didn't get invited to a lot of parties in high school. Um, but in college, I, I do think I stepped it up a little bit, even though I didn't live on campus, but my friends went to uh, the university in Cincinnati and every time I visited down there, it was, it was part, it was parties. Um, mm. <laughs> so it was, it was weird for me breaking out of my shell a little bit and then quickly getting over the party scene when I got out of college. Like I had, I do not miss that at all. Being the, uh, sheltered goody two shoes i was i was always the designated driver of friends because i was a soccer player so i got invited to their hangouts but they knew i wasn't going to like drink and so they're like do little drive us home do little do, do little do those things and I'm, I'll, I'll just sit around <laughs> i definitely i did deed my uh my fair share for sure because i i didn't drink until i was 21 um and a lot of my friends did drink pre-21 and there was this one time where my friend was like we were two minutes from his apartment and he was like, Kyle, you have to stop at Taco Bell. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'll, I'll stop at Taco Bell. And I went through the drive through and I ordered their food. And like I said, we were two minutes from his house. And in that two minutes, he had dumped his Taco Bell all over my car. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Kyle, don't be mad. I'm like, you stained my seat. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I never had any uh, any crazy parties either. I wasn't a big, wasn't a big partier guy. Never had any Taco Bell spilled in the back back seat of my car oh. either, though. In, in Lawrenceburg, they were just field parties. Like there was a giant yeah. fire. I never went to those. I always felt that was way too redneck for me. Mm. Everybody was, was like, cool "We're driving our tractor to the field with a bonfire and a bunch of PBR," <laughs> and I was like, eh, "I'm you okay." Guys are just a bunch of dumb hicks. That's what I told him before I got beat up. There's a lot of cornhole. Was there really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No can jam? No, that wasn't, that wasn't, I don't even know when that came out, but I know that it wasn't popular Mm -hmm. in Lawrenceburg yet. For shame. You know what? I bet a bunch of hicks made up can jam. (laughs) Oh, for sure. No, they don't know how to throw a frisbee. Trash cans and frisbee. (laughs) They had trash cans. Yeah, they're just like, it's it's fine. Dude, Lawrenceburg doesn't have much, but we have two disc golf courses, so like... (laughs) 
Rednecks, a whole rednecks throw frisbee. <laughs> rednecks throw frisbee. Too. <laughs> Listen, Lawrenceburg doesn't have two of anything else other than frisbee golf. <laughs> we don't have two McDonald's. We got two frisbee golfs. <laughs> okay, Kyle, tell us about what you've been doing lately. Uh, I watched a movie. Um, you guys know I loved uh, the Apatow comedies. Um, there's one that passed me by, though. A more, one of his more recent ones, and I did watch it over the holidays, and that is uh, Trainwreck, uh, which stars Bill Hader and Amy Schumer. Uh, probably, yeah, I like it, Bill Hader. It stars Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Amy Schumer is definitely the star. And the reason I put it off is because I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan. Um, I never really liked her show. And there was this one like roast of Steve-O where she made just like a really bad joke about uh, Ryan Dunn after he passed away and like from that point on like I was like I was turned off from all of her comedy but I was like you know what it's been a while like I've heard this movie's halfway decent so I'm gonna turn it on and it was surprisingly charming and heartwarming and very funny I'm not Amy Schumer had some funny parts but like Bill Hader crushed it uh it also guest stars LeBron James who was surprisingly hysterical and uh Brie Larson in a semi-straight man role, but she did a, a great job as Amy Schumer's sister. Um, and if you have, if you're a sports fan, it has a ton of sports cameos. If you're a comedy fan, oh. it has a ton of comedy cameos. What too, that is I, I really this cast it. list? It's crazy. Tony Romo, Amari Studmeyer, <laughs> LeBron <Yeah>. James, <laughs> uh, Daniel <Marvel> Radcliffe. <laughs> yep. They, oh, dude, Daniel Radcliffe plays. Uh, he's like in a movie within the movie. That's like his whole role, kind of like Jack Black in The Office. Tim Meadows, <laughs> most deaf, Randall Park. What? I- <laughs> what oh, I forgot this? Randall Park was in it. Yeah, Randall Park yeah. and uh, Counselor Jam from Parks and Recs in it as well. Oh, so nice. it just has, like the, the cast is like incredible. I just found it really funny. I would highly recommend this to you, Dolan, honestly, because it's like a rom com style of comedy and it's a quick two hours. Like, it's not an Apatow movie that overstays its welcome, like uh, some of his do. I'm Max, I'm sure you would think it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's definitely more coded to something like Dolan. I think Dolan I do would find love it very Bill Hader, heartwarming. Though. I do love Bill Hader. Big fan of him. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd love it. It's got Ezra Miller in it, too. Okay. The Ezra Miller scene. There's one. I was literally, I was like crying during this uh, scene <laughs> with him and Amy Schumer. I was like, my, my friend Alex had watched it before years ago. And I texted him like, this scene is making me die laughing. <laughs> this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I did not know that was Ezra Miller until you just put, said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Is but this yeah, going to be on your uh, top five party movies list? It will not. Not a lot of. I guess there are some parties in it. It will not be in my top five party movies. See, it's not my top hear, five Apatow movies either. But I hear Apatow and I'm just like, that's a party movie, right? Like yeah, anything App. All right, Doolin, what have you been doing lately? <laughs> I was waiting for that. He really knows how to how to move things along. Yeah, segues, like, right, yeah. That's enough of train wreck. <laughs> yeah. That that segue was a train wreck. Can I tell you about mm. the movie real quick, actually? Like, I would just, love you to. So oh, yeah. I told you that Wait, I thought that's it was not funny. what you've been doing for ten minutes? I told you about that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Kyle's literally spoken for like two minutes. And Dylan is like, oh, 10 minutes. Your time is up. Uh, yeah. It's two minutes. Me telling you the cast is good. That it's funny. But Dylan, that's he's hurting enough. <laughs> Listen, somebody's got to do this to Kyle after how many times he does it. To no, Max. let's move on. I'm sure the audience doesn't care what train wreck's Uh-oh. about or anything. Oh, no. I, froze. I-, I would love to hear you tell me more about train wreck, especially because I think Dylan froze for a while. So go yeah, ahead. Dylan tell us freeze. more about train wreck. We're good. I'm back. All right, so Amy Schumer plays this writer for a trash magazine, um, and she has to write this Seems article. Like a weird topic for a magazine. Well, trash can't like it's like a can jam magazine. 
<laughs> Sick. No, it's like a trashy, like, I don't know, like, uh, 10 ways to find out your boyfriend is cheating on you with four other girls. It's stuff like that. It's a really ridiculous magazine that nobody actually wants to, that's a good writer wants to write for. Number seven mm-hmm. will surprise you. Some Yeah, very, <laughs> that energy. And she's given this article that she doesn't want to do because she hates sports, where she has to interview a sports doctor, which is Bill Hader's character. Um, and so she's hanging out with Bill Hader, and she is kind of the, like, she's very promiscuous, like, she doesn't want to get tied down, she's just very happy being single, and having sex with as many people, and just having fun, and Bill Hader's like, you know what, I like you, let's go out, and so they start going, they start dating, and um, LeBron James is actually Bill Hader's best friend in the movie, and, like, that's what, <laughs> he plays, like, a very big brother role to him, like, like goes up to Amy Schumer, like, you will not hurt him. Um, and is LeBron James sure in the movie for an extended period of time? Yes, like he is really? the third, the third lead. Yes. Wow. Uh, so uh, then it's standard rom com fair. They obviously start dating, and then uh, stuff goes wrong, and uh, they're probably they're going to get back together. So it is the plot is kind of like standard rom com there, but with the idea that the lead character is a female and is the one that doesn't want to be in the relationship and is like more promiscuous and. Uh, once the more fun type, whereas like I feel like that's more of a male lead usually, where they don't want to get in a relationship and they are more likely. Like one of my party movies that I'm gonna bring up later, uh, is the more standard. Uh, the guys don't want to hook up or just want to hook up and they don't want to have marriage or a relationship or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I I highly suggest that. I I probably give it like a four and a half out of five. Um, so oh wow, it's pretty high pretty high praise for me. Yeah, that is true, man. Wow. You give Trainwreck and uh, Marvels and Parasite the same rating. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of five. I like them for different reasons. I like comedies and Marvel movies, and Parasite was good. Way to be on the same playing field as them. Oof. All right, Doolin. What have you been doing lately? Mm, I have been playing a game called The Art Project with you. All right, let's move on. And Kenny. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Max. <laughs> I'm kidding. I do want to hear about this. Uh, yeah. So actually, I, w- I wanted to use my time to try to sell you on this game, Kyle. It's actually why I picked this, um, because you are our resident pandemic fan. Like you like pandemic okay. probably the most out of all of Table Knots. I like it a lot, but I think that you, I'm, would I think you say fair. you're still pretty high on pandemic? I think I am probably overplaying a lot of pandemics, but I am very high on the design of pandemic. I think mm. it is a genius level design. Well, I will tell you that when we first played this game, uh, we had it hyped up for us. I, I think a little too much. We had been told like, oh, this is potentially like the next pandemic for, for people. It could be a pandemic killer in people's collections. Uh, we played it and... I think we played it wrong, right, Max? Like we played oh, we it. We definitely played it wrong. The first time we played it, we finished it. It was easy. We were like, "This is." I don't know. I don't know your thoughts, Max, but I left thinking this is meh. Like this is not really mm-hmm. anything. Uh, but then we went back to it and played it again and played it the correct way, and it was really tight, really close. Um, the dice rolls in it, which is something Pandemic does not have, I get. Uh, but the dice rolls in it were really fun. And really intense because especially towards the end, it was like a manner of winning or losing the game with these really, really important dice rolls, Um, which there's a way to like have have your say and like how many dice you roll and how many like pluses or minuses you have. But like you can only prepare yourself so much. Um, This game 
I think is really good. It does give me the feelings of pandemic. It's made by two, like one of the designers came out with after us, which is a game that's pretty popular. And then the other guy is famous for welcome to, um, okay. and then it has Vincent Dutrait art, which is like, mm-hmm. you know what everybody loves. Um, we should say too, this is, uh, this is published by the op who yes. sent it to us. Who, yeah. Who sent it to us, but, um, did not pay us to talk about it so we can give our, our honest opinions. Uh, and it has something that I like is that it has multiple maps. So like pandemic, you have just the world, right? Every single time. But this one, each map is not only different in the way um, it looks and the like the, how fast you can get to specific locations, but it also changes uh, how the game is played. Like last time we just played uh, the egypt mapped which uh every single spot was up the nile and in one direction we could go for free which normally it takes gas to move uh but the opposite way it would take two gas to go back down um and also we should say that once a place um outbreaks like in pandemic i'm sure like it's a different word like once the hand which is the evil villains of the game take over a location you cannot move through it anymore and so it gets blocked and it potentially can block off like a whole half of the map for you um so i i think this game is really good um i don't know if it kills pandemic for me um, I still love Pandemic, but I think that this is one that for people who enjoy Pandemic, they will enjoy this. Uh, I don't know if what your thoughts are, Max, on Art Project, but I really liked it. I like Art Project a lot. Uh, I am probably the biggest Pandemic hater of the Table Knots mm. crew, and I'm not someone who really despises the game. I just never really gelled with it. I never loved it the way that other people do. Uh, and I think our project is great and some people are not going to like this aspect, but for me, it works quite a lot is the randomness that the dice allow the game to have those big swingy, exciting I moments. I agree. I think that's necessary for cooperative games a lot of the time. Not always. Yeah. But. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far to say it's necessary because I'm also someone who loves spirit Island. Um, well, which spirit is Island, totally. Yeah. But the, I think my biggest complaint with spirit Island is like how it can kind of go out with a whimper. Oh, um, it absolutely can. The ending of Spirit Island is like, oh, we, we won. Congratulations. Or like, yeah. oh, we're going to lose. Like, there's nothing we yeah. can do about this. You're absolutely right. But the game still makes up for it. But our project, I think, is just fantastic. And the dice allow it to have real high moments, real low moments, uh, where you're not really able to have the same level of quarterbacking as you are in something like Pandemic, because it's not all in your control. Um, there is a, a lot of cooperation and certainly people saying, hey, I think we should do this or I think you should do that. But mm. a lot of the game, it, it's, it, it incentivizes, uh, this is weird to say about a cooperative game, but it incentivizes cooperation in a way that I think <laughs> other games don't necessarily do so. Where I feel like when I have played Pandemic in the past, everyone has their own unique strengths that they are utilizing to do their own thing with the cooperative common goal of winning the game. I feel like art project, you are literally rewarded by sticking together and working together and moving together and trading resources in a way that I don't feel like you are in other games. And so for me, it feels more cooperative. Like I am, I am really meaningfully interacting with my teammate across the table in how I am tackling the obstacle at hand. Uh, I don't know if it's like the greatest game of all time. Well, it's certainly not. I'm not. I don't know if it's the greatest cooperative game of all time, but I really, really enjoy it. And it is also what forty-five minutes. 
maybe like it's a quick I didn't even game. think it was that long. Yeah, I, maybe. I thought- it's a it's a quick experience. I love the unique maps. The map that we just did last time was like on the Nile. Mm-hmm. And so moving moving down the Nile or up the Nile, however it was, didn't cost you any gas at all because you're just going with the flow of the water. Mm-hmm. But then if you needed to trace your steps backwards, it cost you gas to get there. And it's just, I really like the uniqueness that they provided. That also was a single line. If we let a place fall in the middle of the Nile, half the map would be locked out from us and we would just probably straight up lose. I think that that's really cool. One location uh, that we haven't gone to yet, which I'm looking at right now, I can't tell what location it is, but it's essentially one central location, Max, and then everything goes off of it. And so Mm. like that one location has to be guarded really, really, really well or else uh, everything can go wrong. And I I don't know. I, I love that aspect of it. So this brings me to like... Maybe it's this is a bigger conversation for a different episode, but when we're talking when you talk about cooperative games and how you prefer to cooperate together instead of somebody going off everybody just going off on their own with the same goal, um, your uh plays of pandemic has not really been what mine have been. I feel like I do cooperate quite a bit with my with my play group when it comes to pandemic, but the opposite is true in something like Spirit Island, where it's almost so complex and the spirits are so complex that everybody's just like, Okay, I'm gonna stick to my island. You stick to your side of the island. We'll talk about this a little bit, but like, I don't know what you can mm-hmm. do. I, I, I totally barely know. Agree. I barely know what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I curiously, because like the one where you're like cooperating more together does lead more to quarterbacking. And that is like a tough balance to make. Uh, because if, if you are cooperating together, that is going to lead to somebody being like, okay, I can do this thing. Well, you can do this thing. So why don't you do this? And I do that. And that's, Where it can't happen in Spirit Island. So in in this game specifically, like there is this one part of the game, uh, like the very first part of the of each round is drawing cards, which is just like in Pandemic where you're trying to get certain matching symbols um, and everybody can see the back of your card, which has the symbols on it, but they don't know what your card does by playing it. And when you play a card, you lose specific resources You cause the hand, which is the enemy, to spawn at certain points, and you also gain specific resources. Um, And then once every like you choosing which one people can try to influence but you, but you ultimately get to decide because they don't see the other side of your card. So there's not really a whole lot of quarterbacking there. But um, the next part, what Max is getting at, I could see in the wrong group, one person just saying, all right, all of us, we're going right here. Um, and if you have a person in your group, really, that's not the fault of the game. I don't think, I think it would be like, obviously this game is not going to work for you because you have a jerk that you're playing with. Uh, but like for us, like, and for most people, I think for most average groups, like we'll be able to discuss, okay, well, going here would be a good idea, but also like, we need to watch this over here. Like, uh, I don't know, like, should we split the party? Should we stay together? Like, uh, like the discussion was cool. Um, but again, I do think that this game would be susceptible to a bit of quarterbacking. It definitely even, can be. I'm not even out on quarterbacking per se. I think it kind of gets a bad rap. Um, now I say that because like, I think quarterbacking is fine. If somebody's like, I think we should all do this as long as they explain it and they give other people a chance to talk on other turns or like mm-hmm. give a differing opinion. I think that's where the cooperation is going to come in, at least in my group. Cause like I've been playing a lot more cooperative games lately with my, like Lord of the Rings campaign and uh, Vagrant Song campaign and all that. I, I've just been playing more cooperative than I have in years. 
Um, and that just seems to be how my group works where we all have like kind of devise an idea and it's like, well, what if we do this? And it's like, well, if that, ha- if we do that, then here's the negative side of it. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So I think the quarterbacking is where the interesting conversations may lead to. But again, that's very group dependent. I think my group just kind of works um, for cooperative and it works with like, we've been friends for years. So like, I'm not, I don't not, I'm not scared to like tell them to like shut up and like saying like, Hey, I'm, I, let me take my turn or anything like that. So uh, I get what you guys are saying, but it does seem like quarterbacking is like a big issue in the hobby for a lot of people with cooperative games. And it just needs to be, I, I think you just need to like kind of grab it and just like try to make that a discussion in it of itself, make the person explain themselves instead of just doing it. I don't, I don't know, but this game does sound pretty interesting. I just, uh, in a world full of mid to light or light to midweight cooperative games that are an hour long. Uh, I don't know, like if I would like go running out to acquire this, but yeah. if like I was down in Kentucky and Dolan was like, I want to show you art project. Cause I think you'll like it. I would be happy to sit down and play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible that I just don't know enough, uh, comparable games because to me, this is like uh, of the ones on my shelf, at least the only, like light to medium cooperative game that you can well, finish in 45 see, like, minutes. I think like, so, like any of the pandemics, like pandemic Iberia is I one. I have never had a pandemic last under 90 minutes. Like unmatched adventures is another one minutes. that I think I would like that is sitting right there just because I like, I love unmatched so much. I only played unmatched adventures one time, but I like art project more than unmatched adventures from that experience. But yeah, I mean, it's not a game for everybody, but I really like it quite a lot. Now, Kyle, I know you have seen this movie. Doolin, I don't believe you have, but I want to talk quickly about May, December. Uh, It is a movie that is currently (laughs) on Netflix. This is directed by Todd Haynes, and it stars uh, Natalie Portman, Charles Melton, and Julianne Moore. This is a, a movie that I went in pretty blind on. I knew just knowing like the Netflix blurb, which is basically like there was a scandal and now an actress is coming to portray this person in a movie and they, I don't know, more scandal. I don't, I don't exactly know what it said, but I didn't know a whole lot about this. Uh, and this is a very interesting film, in my opinion. Like, I, I'm not even sure we're going to dive too deep on it today, Kyle. We probably won't. Nor have I even figured out exactly what I want to say about this movie. But it's one of those films that as you're watching it unfold, it is like it's deeply sad and also funny, which makes you feel bad. And you're trying to piece together, like at least in my case, again, I didn't know the story. What is actively going to happen next? And then it all ended and you're just like sat there for a couple minutes like, what the hell? Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's really good though. Like, it's I, I really liked it. And I think Danielle hated it, but she also was only half paying attention. But I've been like recommending it to people. I'm like, look, you got Netflix. You should check out May, December. That's is kind of crazy. Like, it's almost like a nothing of a movie like not a lot it is. Like, happens but at the, the same sto- time it's so interesting the story is very interesting um great performances by julianne moore and natalie portman too i think charles melton was the standout of the entire movie you, really oh um, yeah, dude i would i would see, think he I was of, fantastic i guess i think i think julianne moore did the best job especially after seeing that clip so this is based on a true story 
yeah. um, that happened in real life. I watched a clip afterward of the true life people giving an interview and Julianne Moore nailed the person's voice. She did. Lisp. Yeah, it was, she did. it was crazy. Um, but yeah, you're right. The movie is like, I guess I expected more from it in terms of like happenings. I did too, but then it finishes and you're like, well, for me at least I, throughout the movie, I was like, what is like, nothing's really happening. And then and it I finished. Was like, I was like, this was great. <laughs> And like Natalie Portman's character, like I understand why she was there, like to do this movie, but she was like kind of a weirdo too. And I was like, what is her end goal here? Oh yeah, like, I mean that's the kind of I I is absolutely she, like, agree taking with you. on the person, just like character acting. To me, it's a commentary on like our obsession with taking tragedy and turning it into entertainment. And that's like ultimately what she wanted to do too. She wanted to sow even more chaos and tragedy in that family, so she could be the best actress she could be for this movie. Like, I think she was deeply effed up. Just as, like it was, she was definitely not. Uh, she was not there on good intentions for the most part. But I, I just, I really liked it. Like, I, I want to watch this again. I think I'll like it even more a second time. I'm, I'm really. The more I even speak about it, I'm like, yeah, this movie kind of slaps. Like, it's pretty freaking <laughs> good. I don't think I need to watch it again, honestly. <sighs> I, I, I think it's to. a one and done. Um, very interesting movie. A good way to spend. Two hours. Um, yeah, I don't even know. But I don't know if it's I don't know if it's deep enough to deliver more on a second viewing. And I don't See, know if you mentioned Max, but like the what Doolin, what happened is like Julianne Moore is like a fifty or sixty year old person, and when she was like thirty eight, she started dating a seventh grader. So here's the thing: I actually know all of this from a trailer that I watched of this, like maybe three months ago and what what i think is awful about and this is like a whole other conversation we can have a different time but like this trailer ruined everything that you guys are saying to me <laughs> like i even know that like she started to take on the like like started to act like the older lady to this kid like the the guy yeah uh like from the trailer and it's like all of that got ruined just from <laughs> the two Listen, or three minute trailer i've been pretty anti-movie trailers for a Team long time I think that if you're interested, like I get like browsing. So like maybe I would have seen May December 2 if I cared about if like if I just happened to see it. But if you're like care about a movie, bruh, stay away from the trailers. Yeah, like, don't just watch don't. Them. It, it can do no good. I, but I, I will say I still think this movie is worth worth a watch. Like absolutely, in my opinion, at least I you won't like this, Max, but I'm subscribed to rotten tomatoes trailers on YouTube. Oh, and my they, God. <laughs> and they, like two and, of the worst <laughs> things. And they have um, they have a weekly recap of all the trailers that they can grab to put put out. And it's like a 15 minute video you can watch. And I just use that to add or not add video or like watch list things to Letterboxd. I used to be a big trailer guy, like especially for the Marvel movies. Like I would be like, all right, trailer one's coming out today at noon. Like I would be on my phone at noon at work, like checking out the Marvel trailer because I was so excited for it. And now I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I'm going to see the movie anyway. Like, what mm -hmm, am I doing? Mm -hmm. That yeah. That's the thing with me is if I actively know I'm going to watch this movie, I don't watch the trailer. But if like with with the shopping, you know, I'm oh, ooh, I'm browsing this thing. I don't know what this movie is. I find it so deeply interesting. This is this is another movie that I mean, I, I don't remember the other movie I was looking at, so I'm not even trying to pull that up. But I'm looking at May, December right now. And if you look at the letterboxed, it compared to Google ratings cracks me up every time because they're like so wild. 
Google has this rated at a 1.9, whereas Letterboxd has it rated as a 3.9. Like, it it kills me looking at, like, the differences between normal people and Letterboxd users, I guess, opinions on movies. I think it's so funny. Yeah, you got the common man and you got the pretentious people like us on Letterboxd. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But I, I really liked May, December, and... I mean, I know it's you good. don't want to rewatch it, Kyle, but I still think Charles Melton is fan effing tastic in this <laughs> movie. I think he's so good. I I'm like pretty impressed with these Netflix movies. Like, you know what's funny is like I was uh, making fun oh, of this Megan, was so like, much better than Leave the World Behind. <laughs> I was making fun of Megan like I don't know two months ago, saying because like she loves Netflix, and I'm like, you always want to watch these Netflix movies, and like they're always terrible. They have no real <laughs> actors, and then like the past like two weeks i've watched like netflix movies and i was like hey i watched this movie the other day she's like oh what was it on and i said netflix she's like oh how funny is oh, that really? you're watching netflix now huh like, <laughs> yeah I, I remember getting dragged through the mud about a year ago on this podcast be like oh dude just likes netflix movies <laughs> well that was probably me that was, that was me, or me who knows <laughs> <laughs> i'm usually but, pretty anti-netflix content but uh yeah. they've they've hit some good ones out the past yeah even they have after cracking down on passwords that's true. That's true. Even though I didn't even like Leave the World Behind very much, like it's still up there for Netflix productions. Like I'm that's that's a pretty cool movie to come out on Netflix. So like I'm, yeah, not, I'm mean, not mad about it. Even if I didn't love it, I'm not mad about it. That's the that. exact kind of stuff I want on Netflix in my opinion. Like it's entertaining, it's an entertaining movie that's fr- like free, quote unquote free because we pay for the subscription. Um and it's not like complete dreck like it used to be. No, yeah. I want my I want like, like red great notice. movies. I want great movies in the theater. Hey, and I want red good movies on Netflix. Good. I no, red notice is so bad. Oh my god, <laughs> it is a fun movie. It is a one star movie. Straight up <laughs> terrible, awful time. Like good on them, advertising all their alcohol brands. I'm really proud of them. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to our feature topic today. Picture this, everybody. It's New Year's Eve. You're headed to a party. That's going to be me on Saturday. Sunday? Sunday. The host calls you. Hey, Kyle. You like board games, right, nerd? Bring your five right, favorite party games. <laughs> what Pandemic. do you show up with? Oh, my God. <laughs> Kyle, start us off. What is your fifth favorite party game of all time? I'm a, I'm a little worried I'm going to get some pushback here already. Oh my. Already? <laughs> the first one? I, I don't know how much this is considered a party game. Cthulhu, death oh may die. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but I think you could make a party out of this. Uh, my number five is Blood on the Clock Tower. Yeah, why would yeah, that be? A, why would I give you any pushback on that? that? Okay. That, that's here's Max's what, number because, one for yeah, sure. It is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's why. The scene you just set is going to a New Year's Eve party. Like, could you imagine if I brought blood on the clock tower to a new year's Eve party that's not gonna happen yeah no, you have a party for blood on the clock tower you don't no. bring blood on a clock tower to a party i disagree i, I disagree I have, I have left some off of my list for that exact same reason like it's it's uh like if i'm getting games for people who are not board gamers at all like i need to be careful with some of my picks yeah See, that's why i was I, very he- that's why it's my number five that's why i was very hesitant towards it I'll give some pushback on that. I really don't think blood as long as you are the storyteller. Like 
you're not going to show up and hand the booklet so to someone and be like, hey, dude, we're going to play this in an hour. Can you figure it out? Like, no, that's a problem. But as long as you know how to play and you will story tell, bro, people have played Mafia. People have played all kinds of games like that. Like, it's really not that different. It's really not. Well, I think that here's a question you can for you, easily just show up to a party with blood on the clock and be like, hey, you want to play this social deduction game? It's really sweet. People be into it. Would you consider Feed the Crack in a party game? Yeah, absolutely. Really? I oh, will. I've not played it, but I would not. <laughs> I, Why not? I see that's one that I think is like it's a party game for gamers. So like if it wasn't gamers, I would not bring Feed the Kraken. But if it's considered like a party game, I might change gamey. my list. <laughs> I mean, maybe? I'm going to stick to what I have. I'm going to stick to what I have. I think it's absolutely a, a party game still. I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it later. Okay, so Blood on the Clock Tower. Yeah, it's, it's number one on my game. list, so we can stop and talk about it later if you want. <laughs> I, I do think social deduction is interesting, and the fact is, like, it doesn't count as a party game because you usually need a lot of people, but it's also more gamey than a lot of other party games. I mm-hmm. think those are that's an interesting concept there because, like, even something like uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, I like toyed around with. I don't know if that's a Bro, party game or not. Are you all playing party games? Like, are you going to New Year's Eve parties with friggin' toddlers? Like, why do you think you can't take that game or feed the Kraken or Blood Have you the ever tried to play a game with like, okay, my, my dad, I remember trying to play games with him and he, he'll be, he's open to playing games with me. He's played like Mysterium and Ticket to Ride and stuff. And he's always like, why do these games got to have so many rules? They want <laughs> to be taught rules in like two minutes. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. See, but I here's the thing. I think that, I think both feed the Kraken and Blood on the Clock Tower's rules can be taught in five minutes. I, I said two. I said two minutes. Okay, <laughs> let's see if all long. of your all of yours are two minutes or under, Kyle. Let's figure that out. Oof. Okay, this is <laughs> Max is surprised. going to a different New Year's Eve party than we are, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we're finding out. What? Kind of, okay, the now. Me and Dawn are going to actually party. <laughs> we talked at the opening of this episode about how none of us are partiers, and you all are surprised that I'm going to a party with with mo- with game people. I am going to a New Year's Eve party oh. with my Dungeons and Dragons group, oh, of course. In, in that case, if it's for gamers, then then I'm going to bring Root as my number five party game. No, that is such. Disingenuous is your middle name. So Wait till those movies. So, yeah, oh my gosh, if you want to call, talk about stretches, no, my, my five movies are going to be a stretch. All right, uh, my number five for party games uh, that I'm bringing, I'm, this, these are five that I'm bringing. I, I'm not going to think too hard about, like, is it actually your fifth favorite party game? Like, this, these are the five I'm bringing. Uh, and number five is Tapple, which is a game oh, that I easily so can good. teach and maybe... 30 seconds in fact i think we can start playing as i teach the game i've, I've yeah it requires zero teach yeah Tapple. like i'm like hey flip over this card u.s cities hit that buzzard i'm gonna tap columbus and hit the c and then i say okay you think of one with all of the rest of the letters and guess what we're playing um and tapple's great tapple gets people excited in fact uh emily and i uh for people that we know uh, that weren't gamers. We we bought Tapple for pretty much everyone this Christmas because <laughs> we were like, "Hey, this is a great game to own," um, and we we can't really see a person not liking this game. So uh, Tapple's great. Uh, you guys have played it with us, and it was honestly one of my favorite plays. Yeah, same. <laughs> of a so game funny. this year. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was so funny. Ugh. 
Yeah, love I me. also love Tapple, and it will also be on my list. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Uh, I'm two for two on picking the same. See, we would have a good party together at the very we least. Would. We would. Put on the clock tower and Tapple, list, let's go. It should have made your list, absolutely. My fifth favorite party game, I mean, again, who knows, fifth favorite, whatever, uh, is Anomia. This is designed by Andre Ennis and published by Asmodee. And it's a uh, quick-thinking card game where you have to match symbols and then be the first to yell out whatever you're matching with, uh, which leads to a lot of hilarious moments. This is not a game that's going to work for everybody. In fact, I've had plenty of people that have played Anomia and been like, I actively did not enjoy that because you have to be (laughs) quick, you have to be loud, it is uh, chaos in a box, and I think it's just absolutely fantastic, though. Um, some of my favorite things about Anomia is how when you match symbols and you remove the cards, if a match has gone through, it cascades. So you have to like always be paying attention because the card you uncover may then match with someone that's not even in the current match like anyone at the table and you know if you're playing with this with six seven eight people like you're constantly scouting with an eagle eye trying to see where your next match is coming from uh it leads to a lot of laughter it's just uh, a real a real fun time but you know if i played it with someone and they were like didn't like that i'd be like you know not surprised <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Emily loves that Nobia. game. Yeah, I, we Nobia's own it, great. and I'll, I I will play it. I like it, but I am so bad at it. I am, cannot think fast enough. And honestly, yeah. that adds to the laughter of the game when one For person us. is really, yeah. really awful yeah, at it. For so sure. I'm fine with playing it if, if it brings the laughs. For sure. All right, Kyle, what's your number four? All right, number four is... I just noticed this trend. Uh, I'll give you a hint to some of my list. is like A lot of these I've played with you all. Um, surprisingly <laughs> so. But my number four is uh, So Clover. Yeah. Uh, which is a word game where you are giving four cards, uh, and you gotta write words that are associated with the two words that are uh next to each other. Um, and man, the first time I played this with <laughs> with you two and Emily, yeah, man, oh, that was one of the funniest gaming moments Agreed. I've ever had. I think I was dying like. I thought So Clover might be like my favorite game of all time after that play. It was just it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. Now, I will say like the next time we played it, like it was still fun, but it kind of lost its lover luster cuz it didn't stand up to that first play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um to like the where I was like I thought for sure this was going to be my collection and like every time I've been to the like guard tower or something I have not bought it even though it's like I just want to stick with that one that first play, mm-hmm. but man if you introduce so clover to somebody, it is going to be a blast because that those first times they try to connect two words, uh, like car and uh, mountain, and you're like, um, I uh, I don't know, four wheel drive, but you can only write one word. It's just it gets so much fun, um, and that random card really throws a wrench into play uh, mm-hmm. with everything. And man, I, I just loved so clover. I had to put it on my list because of that first play we had together. Yeah, I think So Clover is fantastic. I think it's a it's an excellent game that suffers a little bit by being inconsistent in the sense that I've had games of it that were the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I've had games that just worked and weren't that funny. And then I've had games where like the guessers are just really freaking on their game and really stinking That's smart. That's what happened our last play. Uh, yeah. I think we were yeah. too good at it. We were too good. And it's just like you 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 guess and you move on like it's 
it's a game that requires failure to be funny, which is yeah. fine. That's fine. Same with Anomia. Like if it, it requires failure to be fun, and when you have the smart people in the room, or just you're on your A game, or whatever it is, like it just kind of it kind of falls flat. One place that So Clover really rises for me, however, is actually it's not on my list. Spoiler, because I think So Clover is really freaking good. It just too. It's not a party game. It's not a really raucous laughing time, but you can play with your partner and just like hang out and play a fun yeah. game. Like, yeah, it's not. It, it literally falls from like, oh, yeah, this is a party game to when you played it, too. It's like, no, like it's not. It's not a party game. It's not that crazy funny. You're not having a grand time laughing. You're only playing with one other person, but it's still really effective and enjoyable. So that's like where it's like i almost don't even consider it a party game anymore because like i enjoy it so much at two i think it goes to what is, is it six i've never Probably. played i think we actually the one time we played it at six it was the meh time but every time i've played it at like four it's like hysterical and amazing mm-hmm. because uh i had that really good time playing with you two and then emily and i had uh one play of it that i remember that was just amazing with uh, my parents. And then another play that was also at four with Emily and I and also Jeff and Jamie. And like just every time it's at four, for some reason, it hits really, really well. <laughs> and then the rest of the times it's meh. I don't know. But yeah, so Clover's great. Absolutely. Dylan, what's your number four? Hold on. I can pull up my list. All right, there we go. I know it's only five games to remember, but uh, my number four is um, also one that I had not played until this year and it's one that um i think if i had to bring a game to a group of people who don't like games uh who are like ah board games ah those are child's toys i don't want to do that but if i brought this game it would also only take like two seconds to teach and it would be a hit and it's actually only a two-player game but every time you play it it gathers a crowd uh, and then everybody wants to play and you che- you just keep taking turns. And I'm thinking of Bino, which is the soccer board game. Uh, that oh. is my number four. It easily probably like, the, with more plays. Like every time I play this, I always leave it thinking this is like such a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of uh, dexterity games, uh, it's my favorite. Uh, Over Crokinole? So yeah, yeah, I like that's it more than Crokinole. crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I am also like a big soccer fan, and so like it, just leaning into that is cool. But like it, it's a blast. And when people score a goal, it's like one of the most exciting things. As long as you have people that get excited, it's one. It's so so fun to have a crowd of people. Um, and some of the like highest of high like party moments have been hat bringing Bino to like a group of twelve people who just want like winner stays in throw in the next challenger and we watch him play uh but yeah Bino's great i'm definitely not as high on Bino as as you are but i interestingly enough i didn't even really consider the entire depth of dexterity games me either <clears throat> and now i'm <laughs> mad at myself yeah I'm, I'm actually quite upset because my list is already made and now i'm like dude freaking ice cool and Crokinole, like mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. games that now I want to add to the list, like, uh, I may I may do some figure in here and figure something <laughs> out how to include that. So just know, good listeners, uh, Crokinole is fantastic and it should be on my list probably. Uh, you play it the same way as you would Bino, 
in and out winter stays all whatever uh other games like that like i love <laughs> what was that again <laughs> winter stays all it's not you know what i meant though uh <laughs> you know what i meant though uh but it's just one of those games that i think it's a yeah it's a great time uh so yeah, I see where you're coming from with Bino, and I regret not putting any dexterity yeah. games on my list. This also is a horrible, like has a horrible barrier to entry where it's just incredibly expensive to get. Um, yeah, and anybody same. that goes on their website is gonna want like the custom cool boards. Like we 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 got a table knots board uh, which was like an extra sixty bucks. Um, you can also get yeah. like the fancy like if you're a soccer fan, you can get like an MLS or a. If um, I get one, I'm getting Premier a crew League. one for sure. Yeah, like the crew one looks amazing. Like I'm I'm kind of upset because it looks way cooler than the Nashville one in my opinion. <laughs> I just remembered another game that I left off my list. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so difficult. Uh, I'm going to say my 4.5 is just one. Um and I'm not mm. even going to talk about it because uh, Oh, no. I I oh. want to talk about it unless the oh, one is it on okay. your list later. It is not on my list. Okay. But I was going to bring it up later. But I do not think not Just honest. One is that great of a party game for the similar reasons as you guys said for like So Clover and that it's just it is just way too easy in my opinion. Especially if you have I more disagree. than four people. <laughs> it is disagree. too easy. <laughs> I have never I mean I've never I think I have like a 90% hit rate on guessing the guessing the word. Okay well we can't all be little Einsteins there. Oh, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to do because it's not just me. It's like my entire like everybody there was like we were just na- hitting them. I like, do it, have in my notes that it is sometimes too easy but I don't I think, think it's nearly the, the right extent group. that you're you're making it out to be. I feel like if you if you're playing with your friends you know uh, some random ass clue that you can give that nobody else will give. Yes. That that is true. They'll be able to connect with it. Listen, I'm sorry. Did you all score like 35s on your ACTs or something? We can't all be that brilliant, okay? <laughs> I mean, probably. We did go to Ohio State. I think just oh. one is great <laughs> to play in groups of people that you don't know very well. Uh, because like every time I play that in a group of people that I have no idea what they're going to put, it is such a difficult game. Uh, because you don't know, like we might both put the same obscure thing and it both of us cancel out like it, it's um, the one thing that I have a problem with just one is that everybody wants to cheat. Uh, <laughs> like, everybody like wants to cheat. Yeah. Like around the table, there's just so many times where people are like, nobody, nobody but me put the obvious one. And like, it's like, OK, well, shut up. Like, oh, but like, that's part of the talk at all. See, That's part of the game, though, if there's more than one obvious one, because I just think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I think it, I think I think just one's a good game. Actually, you mentioned when you were talking about Bino about how it being like the lowest barrier to entry. And that's that's to me what just yeah. one is or, yeah. or not. Not necessarily the lowest. We'll get to one later. But one of the lowest barriers to entries where you're just like, hey, this is what you have to do. Here's how you play. Um, and I almost certainly will end up playing that on Sunday. I just think it's a it's a great game to, to play with a group of people. But since I'm going to cheat here, I'm going to move and I will mention my four as Tapple, which, again, don't need to talk too deeply about. Um, so but good. I think it's a fantastic game. It's uh, the uncredited designer, and I believe it's also published by the op. Um, but Tapple's fantastic. I actually just got this for Christmas myself. So I'm excited to finally play nice. uh, my own copy eventually. But not fantastic for me, game. even though not- Emily and I bought that for a lot true. of people. It's true. He didn't think enough Max- about me. 
We we bought Max a movie shirt because <laughs> that's true. He's big into movies. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so I think Tapple's great. So I'm a little cheat there. We're gonna have just one slash Tapple at my four. I kind of forgot about uh, not only Crokinole but several other games. So I apologize, Kyle. What's your number three? All right, my number three um, is gonna fall into a similar vein as you guys felt about So Clover, in that I think it plays best at four, two v two, and that's Code Names. Interesting. I think Codenames is probably one of my most played party games. Agreed. I'll go ahead. What were you saying, Dolan? I, I was just going to say, Kyle, that is also my number three. Um, oh, perfect. I, I was going to use this as a placeholder, really, because uh, you're using you're stretching the same like parts of your brain uh, for this game as you would. So Clover, as you would just one. It's like taking words mm, yep. and trying to combine them to make to give a clue. Um, and, but I think Codenames is the best one out of the three. I did. I did wonder if I should put so Clover and Codenames both on my list because you're right. They do. It's kind of the same part of your brain. Um, but I love Codenames at two V two. Um, it's just you and a partner. You got to get on the same wavelength. If you, and it works if you don't know the person you're playing with. And it works really well. If you do know the person you're playing with, because you can give such obscure clues and like try to stretch to that three or four uh, clue turn. And that is so mm-hmm. much fun to try this, like, say, like, uh, you've been my best friend for 20 years. Think about what I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love I love that. There's been so many laughs I've had. And I play code names like a freaking renegade. I rarely do, like, blue one or blue two. So, no. <laughs> oh, same. I'm giving Give me four you, or five, baby. I'm giving you the most random noun or adjective I can think of. And I'm saying four or five. And yeah. you better connect them. Yeah, Codenames Kyle, is great. why have you never been on Codenames Live with us? Then? Like, <laughs> that's true. Do that. I, I don't think I've ever been invited. Well, Tim's. we didn't know you like Codenames, so. That's true. Yeah, now we know. Now we know. I'm a, Maybe I'm we can convince fan. Tim to have a strictly table knots night where it's 2v2 oh, he would 1, table knots. He would <laughs> That'd do it. Sick. That'd be sick. I, I, and I really have no interest at, uh, at this game at like three or four four versus three or four like yeah. I, I really don't i want I, it to be I partner think three partner. and three actually works really well because having a per- as long as as long as people aren't playing too strict because it works at four v four or yeah two v two sorry uh because the person looking at the clue and trying to guess can talk to that other person but i actually watched people play this uh because i'm sad and alone i guess at times i don't know like I, i've watched people play code names online and uh 3v3 is really funny watching two people just talk their way out of whatever the one person was trying to get them to get i can to guess. see that yeah I guess and it's I really really funny uh because like you know like when you're working with somebody like you guys can just go down this like rabbit trail of thought and i can see it being yourself. really funny where they're like making fun of the clue giver like he cannot yes. be that stupid to think yes. that goes with that and yes. you're like, i am that stupid <laughs> dude we've had so many fun times with with code names in person mm-hmm. and on on code names live but it's one of those that it's not on my list and i didn't include any of the ones that maybe should deserve a spot but i think are best at four so I love So Clover. I love code names and I especially love Decrypto. But for me, all three of those were games that I just didn't really associate with party because with I think that four mm. is their best player count. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm not going to include them on this list, but 
I do think they deserve to be shouted out, shout out. And I think in particular, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm kind of alone on this hill, but I think Decrypto is is the best of the bunch, in my opinion. I know, Kyle, you had a bad first experience. You haven't actually played it, really. Um, but I think Decrypto, then Codenames, and So Clover would probably be my ranking. But great games. Yeah, that that's my number three as well. I, I think it's the best. I, I, I just think that genre of game is really good, where you, are, you and a partner or uh, you as a group are trying to have one person who knows the word give a clue to another person to get them on the same wavelength as you, which is another good party game, but uh, different. <laughs> um, but it, it's just that that style of game lends itself to really, really funny moments. And Max, you talked about something that was interesting. You said that Just One and So Clover are only really fun if you fail and code names can be so difficult, mm. like it, it to where you just fail so often. And yeah. those moments are really funny. Um, yeah. But it is the most is the likely to fail. I, yeah, out yeah. of all the bunch, <laughs> for sure. You, you're guaranteed to hit an assassin if you play it like three times. <laughs> Number three for me is what I was referring to when I said the lowest barrier to entry, and that is Strike. I think Strike yeah. is just a phenomenal mm. little game. Uh, dexterity card this is when i had to bump up tapple because i forgot about strike uh i think it is just such a joy it is literally rolling dice and looking for pairs uh but it it creates some of the most laughter and good times that i can really recall out of any kind of board games it's just one of my absolute favorites you can play with all ages i mean literally that's so silly. five to 95 i mean no there's no limit you can play with your 110 year old grandma i don't know like there's no limit it's just a game that everyone can play. You can play anywhere from three to, I don't know, six, seven. I don't know the player count limit on strike. I've probably at least played it up to five, but I think it's just a fantastic little game that I adore. So strike deserved to be shout out for sure. It says two to five, but I've actually played this as like eight. Just keep dividing the dice up. Right. Like- you just get less <laughs> dice or just yeah, get yeah. more dice. And the ones yeah, are just get more dice. Why two copies of strike? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I literally had two copies of Strike. I think I sold one to Doolin or something. I don't even remember. But yeah, oh. you could absolutely do that. Could you imagine playing dice, but with like just gigantic versus tiny dice? Like the, all of the dice are just different sizes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you're throwing like huge ones in there. And, yeah. Metal dice. It's like a slammer. Oh, yeah. yeah, and pogs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're a little too young for that, but I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. I need Kenny here. Yeah, you do. All right, Kyle. I've heard the phrase poggers. Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They say it on Twitch all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, poggers. Poggers. Pog champ. Yeah, I know what that is. Kyle's like, I was a pog champ in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) More of a paper football guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's pretty cool. I get it. I get it. What's your number two, Kyle? My number two is barely a game, and we definitely don't play it as a game. We don't keep score or anything. Um, that's Telestrations. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is the game I've easily had the most laughs during because we do not play by the rules at all. We don't even use the cards in the box. The but thank you for thank you for the tablets that come in the box and the dry erase markers that don't work. Telestrations. Uh, we <laughs> usually just say like, "Hey, here's your tablet. Here's your dry erase marker. Write down anything you want." Um, and then draw that, and then you have to guess what, like, so you, we really get the most absurd things, um, usually pretty vulgar, uh, from some of my friends, and 
it's telestrations is a game where people don't like drawing games because they're not good at drawing. No, telestrations only works if you suck at drawing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. I <laughs> I do like uh my my friend Chance who uh I think you've met Max yeah, is yeah. like really really good at like doodling and sketching and stuff. So like seeing some of his pictures especially for the vulgar ones can be laugh out loud hysterical. Um but yeah, it's just as good when you see his picture followed by the word which is like a pretty good guess and then the picture that follows up being just like chicken scratch mm-hmm. man i love telestration so much it not even a game but my god if you bring that to a party with like eight or nine people you are going to have some fun oh, you're gonna have some so laughs. funny yeah yeah i i think telestrations would be very high on my list if i played it much at all oddly enough it's just a game that i've probably only played like two times maybe my entire life and I remember those experiences being hysterical, but for some reason or another, it's just not a game that I, I have come across at anyone else's house or not one that I own and brought to my own parties. Like, I don't know. I just haven't played it enough, but I think that's a fantastic game. It's very good. I I have the party pack at, like, I think it's like eight or 12. 12. I think it's yeah. 12. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's best when you have the full 12 people. Like as many people as you can, which, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about a lot of games that were good at four and six. Like this one is really good when you have a lot of people. Good pick, Kyle. I didn't expect it, but I I appreciate it. Doolin, what's (laughs) your number two? My okay. so here's the thing. Uh, My my brain after my last pick did what Max did, where I realized that there is a whole genre game that I forgot about. And I just want to shout out a two and a half pick that I won't talk about too long. Wow. Unless Max has it on his list, which he might. Um, But I forgot about drawing games uh, and Pictomania is easily the best. Oh, I forgot about Pictomania too. Isn't Pictomania (laughs) so good? It is so so good. It's it's easily the best of the drawing style <laughs> games, but a lot of times I'm actually like when I go to like my family's house, my brother-in-law hates drawing games, and so they rarely get picked uh, to play. And so I actually for I honestly, when I'm thinking of a party, I'm thinking of like that that group, and I, I don't even think about drawing games anymore because I know that he's gonna be like, no, <laughs> I'm not playing. I'll watch you guys. Um, but anyway, Pictomania is great. Um, my actual number two is probably the most difficult to teach, but in a group of people that have all played trick-taking games, it's fine. Uh, and this is Skull King. Skull King at number two. Uh, nice. I almost didn't put it on the list because I think that it might be too gamey. Yeah. But it. every time I play this, it is so like rowdy and hilarious that it feels like a party. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a party game. Um, and it's so good. Uh, it, I've not had a play of this where I left thinking, yeah, this is okay. Like every single time it's just like, this is one of the best card games. <laughs> like, I think yeah, it's play. the best trick taking game. I agree. Uh, I, I think I agree. And the thing on top of that is, is um, <laughs> Emily and I have had this discussion today because we we pulled it out and we just played it at two, which two is still fun. It's not as good. I've never played it at two. Uh, but you it have to have like a two. dummy player. Mm. Um, but we uh, I told her I was like, in in my opinion, this is better than most trick taking games because it combines trick taking with like poker. 
because whenever yeah. you get your hand, not all the cards are being used. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, you know, OK, well, I have these. So I know that every other card is out there and I need to right. like think about like that type of right. thing where, where most trick taking games are that way. Whereas this game, it's just like I have like uh, a few high cards of normal colors and maybe one pirate. And I'm like, okay, well based off of that hand, how much am I going to bet? And, uh, it, I don't know. I love this. And then obviously the yo ho ho moment is just a blast. Fantastic. Skull. King I, is I would fight you. I wanted to fight you a little bit because the scoring is a little wonky. Like that is mm-hmm. tough to like explain at first. Um, but you're, but you're right. Like it's just so much the yo ho ho, the, the laughter that comes from it, the, the name calling that can come from it when you get like, hit with screwed. the black beard or something yeah, yeah and you, you're screwed out of a trick or like somebody makes you win a trick that you didn't want to win you uh i think you can forgive that scoring just because of how raucous the the game gets yeah 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 i love skulking i i did have it on my list at one point in time but i removed it for the same reasons you said you debated about removing it uh i think it is a fantastic game that teeters on that but you know i'm i have blood on the clock tower on my list so it just kind of depends on where your priorities lie i guess um so you could argue one is that skulking's way easier than that and you might be right so i'm not here to dismerge that or besmirch that but i think everybody going to a party who's asked this question always brings that one game that may be a little too hard but like i have all these games and like based off of how those went we can we can feel it out right (laughs) like like Uh i'm gonna know after tapple and bino and code names whether or not these people can handle skull king yeah (laughs) that's a great pick my dogs chewed up my skull king box the other day and a couple of cards got dented i might have to get a new copy but Mm. fantastic luckily it's not that expensive it's not it's not (laughs) thanks thanks grandpa beck uh so i kind of lied slash switched mid-episode um, Blood on the Clock Tower is not my number one, and that is because it is my number two. For many of the, the reasons that you mentioned, oh. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, don't even, you know. We know. The listeners we have, know. <laughs> we all have the same number one. Do we really? Different. We might. Yeah, we probably do. Uh, Blood is on the Clock Monopoly? Tower. Yes, it is. Monopoly Gamer <laughs> Edition. Uh, Blood on the Clock Tower is fantastic. It is, I mean, I'm, I would argue it is a party game. I think it absolutely qualifies. It really only needs one person to, like, have much of a semblance of how the game plays at all. The rest, you can literally just slap a name tag on, sit them down, hand them a thing, and be like, all right, now listen for five minutes, figure it out. Um, Especially works well if you're having a party that is several hours long, because I can Mm. almost guarantee you, almost guarantee you, that after the first game, people will realize some things they did wrong, they'll pick up on some things, and be eager to play a second time. I don't think I've ever had it happen, where after a first game, they're like, okay, that was cool. Most people are always like, yeah, like I want to play that again and I want to try it out now that I kind of understand it a bit more. So it is a game that you do kind of have to have a little bit of understanding that you are not going to know everything about this game and you are going to kind of have to play it by ear and figure it out as you go. But I still think it is unquestionably a party game, but I'm also in the minority on thinking that Gremlins is a horror movie. So here we are. (laughs) I think my only argument against Blood on the Clock Tower, um, even though I had it on my list, is that you do kind of have to be out of your shell to play a game like this. Um, if you are not outgoing or not willing to be outgoing in that moment, it is a tough game to so to play. My two remarks to that would be, A, if you're at a party, it's probably a safe bet that the people are willing to be a little out of their shell if they're at the party with them. Not a guarantee. You ever heard of a wallflower? 
yeah i the movie is pretty all right i think um anyways uh, but also just from it's experience good. from my experience of blood on the clock tower playing it with people who are not normally people that like to get out of their shell who then I thought you're just gonna leave it at that <laughs> who are yeah. not normally people <laughs> who are, they are they are in fact opposite. yeah <laughs> i've played blood on the clock tower with enough people danielle especially who just typically don't enjoy that type of game and don't enjoy being very social and then something about it really just kind of allows them to to break out and, and lean into it. So I, I say that from experience. I'm sure, I'm certain that you are right in that some people will not be down with that. Unquestionably, you're correct. But also, in my experience, most people are. I mean, I, it was still on my list. So it was just a small yeah, yeah, devil's yeah. advocate. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I, I would um, take it even further and say that this is a party starter. Like... And at least in our case, like yeah, we absolutely. have parties because we're going to play this game. Yeah. Um, it's almost like I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these, uh, but it's almost like a murder mystery party. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Where you show Super up fun. And everybody's given a role and you got to lean into it a little bit like blood on the clock clock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> blood on the clock tower is not a game that is like one of like five you play and you bring in like. You're like, oh, hey, everybody, would you mind if we played this game? I, I don't think that it's really meant for that. I think it's meant for like, hey, I'm messaging everybody ahead of time and saying, hey, this is the game we're playing and we're going to meet yeah. this time. Like it, it is what causes the party to even happen. Totally agree. Yeah. And we need to do that again sometime very soon. It's been too long since we've done that. Uh, Kyle, Doolin, Max, what is our number one favorite party game? Three, Monikers. two, oh, one. Way to go, Kyle. Monikers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm just I didn't, I didn't know we were counting down. <laughs> Monikers. Kyle spoiled it for everybody who couldn't already <laughs> guess that it was Monikers. It was like New Year's Eve, and we're trying to count down the ball, but the ball falls too fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great Simpsons bit about that. They're like, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kyle had a little too much to drink, accidentally changed the channel, you know, it got, yeah, he got all okay. out of sorts. He grabs his wife and starts kissing her while she's saying seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, she would have been asleep for three hours come midnight on New Year's Eve. Fair enough. I don't think it should be a surprise to any listeners of the show or viewers of the Table Knots board game YouTube channel that this is our collective number one game uh, in this category at least. I think Monikers, for me in particular, is not only one of my favorite party games, but just straight up one of my favorite board games of all time. I adore this game. It leads to single-handedly the most exciting, funny, laugh-out-loud moments of any game on this list. We're talking about games that are already great, and Monikers exceeds them in all Mm -hmm. facets for me, personally. I love the others, but Monikers is a whole other level. I don't think there's any negatives at all that I have about Monikers. Like, not a single one. Kenny would be like, oh, the charades, and I'd be like, shut up, Kenny. Act like this, (laughs) and then he would do it, and we would have a hilarious time. I, I think my only negative is that sometimes the points just seem wildly inaccurate. Like it's like one really long phrase is only worth one point. Yeah. And like it's like, oh, Winnie the Pooh is four points. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Why, why is that the case? But this game is amazing. Uh, it's insane that like 
like Josh and I and Emily had all played this before we realized that it was a board game because like there's fish ways bowl. to play like, yeah. like fishbowl is like the way but like the fact that all of the cards are already made um it's, right i mean it's really easy to just pull, and like, i like that we don't the have cards, to spend like 10 minutes writing our own prompts like it's, yeah oh, so good and i like that the cards are like semi-unique like of mm-hmm. course there's stuff in there that you know like i mean like joe montana might be in there or something but like there's also stuff that's like just incredibly like bizarre or harrison you ford's Hunter mustache or, or something like yeah, that yeah stuff, stuff like the, that it's i just the guy love who that. threw a shoe at, at abraham lincoln or whatever <laughs> at <Yeah>. george w bush <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah agreed it adds a lot to it that there's like just these weird wacky things like agreed fishbowl is a blast it's a fun game but when you're creating your own things to say you're gonna be way more reserved maybe not maybe not reserved is the right word but you're never gonna dream up some of the stuff that's in the game, and it also I just, just love takes that. Forever, yeah. Oh my absolutely. goodness! Like the 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 part about fishbowl I hate is the thirty minutes it takes to prep fishbowl. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Moniker's just ready. Like, yeah, it's, it's so like good. here's twenty cards. Pick twelve. Moving on. We're ready to play. Yeah, Moniker's is fantastic. One of my favorites of all time. But it's a blast. If you haven't played it already, you should. I still have never played a full game of Monikers, and it is my number one. Really? Hell yeah, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, because he he only played with us here when he visited. So you never did the... Charades round. The charades round? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But you've played charades it before. It didn't matter. It was so funny. We were playing, and, and uh, Josh had to leave, I think. And Kyle was like, "Well, do you think Danielle could just jump in?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> she would have no experience as to what the the cards are. Like, she would oh, do just man. as good as Josh did. That's she true, was though. A, a freaking net nothing." <laughs> <laughs> um. Just really quickly, uh, like, do you, any of you have like some honorable mentions that you want to shout out? Not to take too long on each of them. Crokinol, Crokinol. I was uh, thinking, taco I cat, almost goat cheese pizza. Yep, that was on oh, my honorable mentions too. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I almost mentioned Don't Get Got, which I still don't own, but like, if yeah, it's a really long party. That's that's a really true. Long party. It could be played while the party's going on. You know what's a silly honorable mention that I actually had considered is Give Me That. Uh, oh really? At, yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, a it's hilarious funny. honorable. Oh mention. my gosh! When you get that pencil yoinked out of your hand, oh, it's, it's really the funny. worst feeling in the world. <laughs> I, I, a new one that I love. Um, and again, we got a copy of this, and I almost put it on my list. But I love Gussie Gorillas. I think Gussie yeah, Gorillas is Gussie so Gorillas fun. Is really good. Ugh. Another one for me would be like Fuji Flush. Shoot. Doesn't doesn't why quite did, reach did, the top five for me, but that. I think Fuji Flush is fantastic. I don't think it's the game as much as it is the people. Okay. Fuji yeah, Flush yeah, is yeah. just so fun Agreed. with the right people. Agreed. Yeah. And and honestly, I mean the same that could be said about most of these a things. Lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's it's more about the the people that you're there with. What I just watched a movie that said that a quote that's that and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, it's all it's all about the people rather than the game. I think the game. Was it twelve dog it, days of Christmas? It was not. No. I didn't was it I am number four? Uh it was <laughs> not. I've I have no idea what you're talking about. I am number four. <laughs> Uh, oh, it, it has was, Hayden Christensen in it. It was Wonka. It was Wonka. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. In in the Wonka, it said something like that. I, but uh, I want to say one more. Yeah, before we move on, and it was my number six, and that is Camel Up. I think Camel yep. Up is incredible and all rowdy and super fun. I had Camel Up and Ready Set Bet on my short list, mm, but neither yeah. neither made the list for me. So, all right. Those are our top five and a half, six, whatever party games of all time. (laughs) 
Now, let's switch it up and talk about our top five party movies of all oh, no. times. Uh, there, so are, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of ways to interpret uh, party films. Uh, for my list, I tried <laughs> to be pretty party-centric, so I think that Doolin may be the chaos-oriented member of this list. Oh, 1,000%. Uh, but I did want to mention a few things before you get started. We're, we're going to jump from honorable mentions to honorable mentions. So if you have any, go ahead and shout them out now. But for me, I wanted to say that I did make a quick distinction between what I consider a party movie and a watch party movie. I mentioned earlier oh, no. that like Rocky Horror Picture Show, REC, The Strangers, Shaun of the Dead were all movies that like I would put on at a party because we always just loved to watch those. But those don't okay. classify. And then my yeah, second no. thing is... I think one of the greatest party films that's come out in 2023 is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I mean, that's a great party oh, that man. worked together Ooh, in a, a lot of different ways. <laughs> it's Dude, that's my, no, that's my number four now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a dungeon party. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so if you have any honorable the- mentions, please feel free to share. That's the thing is that this was the definition of what a party movie was was so loose because when Max and I were together on Tuesday <laughs> I was like actually I, though <laughs> I I think I've only seen like two party movies and he was like no you've seen more than that and I was like I just started naming movies and like one of them was uh Ready or Not which is a horror <laughs> film about uh like what they they just had a wedding that and works, now it's though. a wedding party having a game of hide and seek and max was like yeah it's a party and i was like yeah. oh okay well now there's now one I- in my mind that if it's not in dolan's list i'm going to be very mad at him and i think he's going to be mad at himself so i'm hoping oh no there's one oh, I, have in my head I want to know when it's, it's all oh, said and done one one that uh is going to be my honorable mention because I don't think it fits at all, but it's hilarious, um, is I'm going to say 12 Angry Men, uh, because that is a party of men deciding no. another okay. man's fate. No. Uh, the party is in a room. I thought no. you were going to choose... Uh, I thought you were going to choose... Cha- what's, the, what's the dick? What's the movie about Dick Cheney or whatever? <laughs> Political oh, Vice? Po- Vice, yeah, Vice. Yeah. I love Vice. Yeah. I told, I told Dula, I was like, you should, pick, you should pick a movie about a political party. <laughs> He picked uh, he picked Vice and Election Day or whatever that one with uh, yeah. <laughs> Election. Uh, who knows? Election is that what it's just called? The one. Um, what's his name from? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, shoot, I can't I remember. Campaign. Campaign. campaign, yeah, the campaign, yeah. The, the campaign, campaign. the campaign, the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this will be fun uh, as we try and figure out together what exactly <laughs> constitutes a party movie. Uh, Kyle, we'll do you have any honorable mentions, or do you want to jump in with your number five? Uh, my first honorable mention is the movie I don't really like a lot, um, but I think it is a quintessential party movie, and that's Project X. I don't know if anybody else is going to bring it up, um, but it nope. is a movie literally about somebody throwing a party. It's a hidden, uh, like a found footage movie. Um, I just don't really like it. There's not really a plot. It's like all vibes. It's about t- annoying teenagers being annoying at a party. Yeah, shitty vibes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of uh, movies on, well, actually, several movies on my list that might be constituted as vibes movies. Um, that is not one of them. I also did not. I, I've only seen Project Act once a long time ago, but I wasn't a fan. There's some other things like that I could have gone along the Dolan route and been like <laughs> Die Hard because they're at a Christmas party. You know uh, what? Actually, that kind of works. I. It was almost my number five. It was wait, very Kyle, very close. Don't say that. That's not a party movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's one of my only actual picks. <laughs> uh, 
That's not fair. Oh, no, I, 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 think, to- I think that can. I think that is a party movie. I think it works. I think it works. I would have loved to cross over with you on that. That would have broken Max's <laughs> brain, I think, if we both said Die Hard. <laughs> I didn't Gosh. think about it at all. That's a great pick. Gosh dang it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's think of anything else that's going to be on Doolin's list so we can just get it out of the way in honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> and this is uh. why you do the honorable mentions last. <laughs> oh. I will do. I have one more honorable mention, and uh, that's for one of my favorite movies of all time, probably top ten or top fifteen, and that's Wayne's World, which is not really a party movie at all. But they say party on a whole lot. Party on. <laughs> they say party, party on Wayne, party on Garth. <laughs> I've never seen so Wayne's I World. Just, uh, do ah, uh, would you would you like it? It's one of those things that like I grew up with Wayne's World. It came out in like ninety three, so it's like been in my life for literally thirty years. Um, I, I don't know how you would feel about it. Man, I, it might be on, have to be on the next list because I'm interested to hear what everybody would think about Wayne's World. One of my honorable, or I, really my only honorable mention, <laughs> um, is a movie that I, I had on my list and uh, Die Hard actually kicked it off the list. Um, so <laughs> there we go. Um, and this movie, they never call it a party, but everybody got invited and there was dinner. No. And there's shenanigans. Don't do this to me, Doolin. Um, and, and so one of my honorable mentions is Clue. God dang it, Doolin. <laughs> I was very close to having this on my list. It's well. on mine, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Look what you did, you little jerk. Or big jerk. I was I thinking very hard about dinner parties, and I thought of Clue, and I thought of dinner for schmucks. Neither one of them made my list. Wow. Well, Kyle, wh- can you shut Wait, up? So... Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, Doolin, you're telling me Dinner for Schmucks made your list and Clue didn't? We will talk Wait, about it. We will talk about it. You put Clue we on the honorable mentions we and you put Dinner it. for Schmucks we'll, on we'll the list. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. What we'll the hell? The word party we is really used. Saved, we really should have saved honorable mentions for last. This is the worst. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh my God. All right, Kyle. Bleed us off. What's your number five? Okay, my number five is a movie I have not seen in a very long time. I thought you were about to say you've not seen it. (laughs) It's it's been like nine or ten years. Uh, It's the 1983 Tom Cruise vehicle, Risky Business. Uh Oh, Risky Business. Yeah, in this movie, Tom Cruise. You would love this movie, Max. I think. Would would, I? Have you seen it, Dorn? Yes. I have. I don't really like it, but it is very horny. So Max would love it. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, speaking of honorable mentions that I haven't seen yet, uh, Eyes Wide Shut would have been a horny party movie for me, I think. Oh, there's yeah, there's a few that I haven't seen, like um, Animal House, Dazed and Yeah, Animal House was on my list. Is uh, I haven't seen this, and I might try and get it in before the show, but I didn't. I I almost did, but it wasn't streaming anywhere. You had to rent it, and that's why I watched Training Day instead. But yeah, so my number five, Risky Business, is uh, Tom Cruise is a high school kid about ready to go to college. His parents are out of town, and so he throws a party. Um, he decides to get wild, and he hires a prostitute. Things ultimately go am- go amok. Uh, he loses like his mom's like egg or something, like a really expensive egg. And I think Doolin's got the go- wrong movie. <laughs> no, I have it. He has to go to the prostitute's house to see if she has it, and she like, gives it back, and then he she like gives him a name for another prostitute or something. I'm trying to I'm trying to do, do this all off memory. Do you want then, my help? Do you want me to? Uh, no no no. Let me let me let me cook. Let me let cook. Me cook. <laughs> Kyle's, eventually, Kyle's butchered like the first half of this film. <laughs> eventually, 
uh, a Porsche goes into a lake. And so this dude needs money. Tom Cruise really <laughs> needs money to pay for this Porsche. And so he starts a brothel inside of his house. There you go. Okay. And that's I was getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me that's cook. The party. All right? That's the that's when the party starts. That's when the yeah, you know that he didn't him. throw a party at the start of the film, really. Like, he didn't. And he just well, he just hired the prostitute. His friend hires the prostitute for him. I don't know if you remember that, but he just wanted a night at home alone with his parents gone. That's a nope, different movie. Don't, re- don't remember that. <laughs> I need to watch yeah, Risky his Business. Friend again. hired it. I really liked it. Here yeah, we are. but it, it becomes a big old sex house and all. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. It has that classic I, moment where the parents are calling and he's they're like, we're on our way home early. And he's like, oh, no. And like, yeah, chaos ensues. I, I really I think this is the movie where I was like, kind of like, OK, Tom Cruise is a pretty good actor. Maybe I should like, even though he's kind of a wackadoo in real life, maybe you should give more of his movies a go because like I was pretty down on him besides Top Gun. And uh, yeah, I, I really like Tom Cruise movies. So who, who thought, Risky who Business thought? is one of them. All right, Dylan, what's your number five? My number five is Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> what? It is a party movie. <laughs> yeah, which uh, it's a Christmas office party. I I think office party. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. While the office party is happening, um, Sir- Severus Snape comes in and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. with his buddies, and uh, they start robbing yeah, a bunch the place. Of Slytherins. Obviously, uh, our main character decides to murder everyone um that is and that's pretty much the plot of the film uh is they're inside this part like the this giant facility like a company and uh he is crawling all around it slowly taking them out one by one and trying to save his wife or not his wife right his girlfriend Uh, his estranged wife his ex his estranged wife yes and through the process they become in love again the I mean the most popular line from the movie is "Welcome to the party, pal." That is that so is true. It's like, he's like literally inviting you to this party of a movie. That is true. Uh, Dylan, this should be your number one. Nah, my number one is uh, definitely a party film. Uh, yeah, we actually, if you're interested in hearing more, we talked about Die Hard on our Patreon podcast. Myself, Kenny, and Kyle, full episode dedicated strictly to Die Hard. But you do have to be a member of our Patreon. So Dylan's not. That's why he hasn't heard it. Yeah, he hasn't heard it yet. He would know more about the movie if he had. I'm going to push everything back a notch um, because you all spoiled Clue for me. So Clue, I'm going to remove off my list. I think it is a fantastic party movie, but I'm going to uh, remove it from my list and we'll push everything else uh, in a different direction. So for me, you tell me. I've got two options here and I'm going with with this one. And if you say, Max, you're dumb, that's not a party movie, then I'm going to pivot it to another one. But you try watching The Wolf of Wall Street and tell me that it is not a party. It's not on my list, but I'm in. I I agree with you. Hell yeah. I, it's, very into, it, it's very party it's, it's very party It's very party They party a lot in that movie. That's yep, pretty much their whole thing. A lot of coke. So <laughs> much it. coke. And ludes. They love ludes. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Uh, maybe not a quintessential party movie. Some might argue with me that it is not a party movie. And to that, I say, have fun arguing with me. But I think that the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> is a great is a great little inclusion there as like a as an edge case party movie. Uh, Doolin would Doolin like this movie. Doolin doesn't like uh, excess. 
it's a lot it's a lot of swear words a lot of boobs, a lot of nakedness and drugs i mean is it funny yes it is funny yes i think it's very funny like here's the thing all those things that you said don't like i don't hate movies because of them but they don't like add to movies like like i'm like if i go in and it's like possession and that's the only thing it has yeah, but you gave the handmaiden a three star because there was lesbian sex in it. So like, I that get wasn't it. why I gave it a three star. <laughs> Don't put that out there and for the world to hear. <laughs> My goodness, the Wolf of Wall Street is like it's very entertaining and it's very fast paced. That's why I think you might like it, Dolan. Um, it doesn't really give itself time to breathe. Now. I went to this movie in theaters with uh, my best friend and Megan and Megan. My God, I don't know if he's ever had a worse time. Really? She couldn't stay in that movie. No, I don't think Danielle she, watched a lot of it or loved it, but like, I think she was cool with it. It's fine. It's fun, man. You got Margot Robbie. You got Leonardo DiCaprio. Really not you got Matthew McConaughey. Oh, come on. Matthew McConaughey's <laughs> scene is fantastic. Yeah, Such a good scene. She does scene. not care about celebrities. Well, like that, maybe though. she should start. It's just a good movie. <laughs> no, I would. I think people need to stop. Maybe she should start. <laughs> You're the one that was just like talking about the Tom Cruise of it all. I'm the part part of the problem. I I admit that. Oh, I'm okay. Part of the all right. Well, fair enough then. I mean, me too. I get it. I get it. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, great, great film. Maybe lean. Maybe leans parting. Parting not. I don't know. But uh, fantastic. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's a great pick. Sweet. Not one I would think of right off the top. Of my well, head, I pre. You know what? Most of mine are ones you're going to think of off the top of your neck. So strap in, buddy old pal. Guessing I haven't seen a lot of them. What's your number four, Kyle? I think my number four is probably my biggest stretch on the list. Um, And this is uh, a 2006 comedy starring Justin Long called Accepted. Um, That was almost one of the ones I just said. uh, So have you seen Accepted? A lot. When it came out, yeah. I've not. Okay. I, I like this movie quite a bit. It's one I used to rewatch all the time um, in high school and college. Uh, so Ask it's about me about my who, wiener. <laughs> it's yeah, like great the only Hill, thing I remember. Early Jonah Hill. Um, it's about a kid who didn't get into college. And so he makes up a fake college uh, to tr- trick his parents. And so he rents out this building and starts up this like, uh, it's called the South Harmon Institute of Technology or uh, shit. Building you, is... Uh, is- Slightly, right? I mean, it's like a campus, isn't it? It's yeah, because it's got like a it's, it's got, got like, like a dorms pool door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just a building. <laughs> so he makes this fake college and just like fool his parents, and like he lives there, and then like all these other kids that didn't get into their uh, school of choice also starts going there. But it's not a real college; they don't actually have real classes, um, and so it just becomes a bunch of eighteen-year-olds partying. Mm-hmm. Um, and using the money to like set up, yeah, like skateboard ramps, throwing raves, like having concerts and stuff like that. Uh, it's a very, it's a pretty good movie, I think. I mean, it's not like the smartest movie of right. all time, but it's got a pretty good cast. It's got Jonah Hill, Justin Long, um, uh, Blake Lively's in it. It's it's pretty fun. I I do think you would like this, Dylan. Um, yeah, I will watch it. You probably would. Pretty fun concept too. I'd like to watch this again because it has been, like I said, a very long time since so I've seen it. I'm curious if it holds up, but I remember enjoying it as a as a teenager uh, when it came out. I, I remember having a good time with it. This is what I knew Justin Long from. So like every time when he showed up in like New Girl, I'm like, oh, that's the dude from Accepted. And when he showed up in like when he shows up Barbarian and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I always think of him in Accepted. Nice. All right, number my number four. I think everybody 
here has seen because I feel like the world has seen this film. Um, and it is The Hangover, yeah. which is a classic, uh, you know, bachelor party yep. movie where uh, I actually I almost put this higher because I just love the concept of, OK, the party's happened and now we have to figure out what happened at the party. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So like like they all wake up and like there's like, why, why is this tiger here? Why? Why am I missing a tooth? Like all of these different things. And they have to like what, what one of my like the reoccurring bits that I think is hilarious is Zach Galifianakis has to care for the baby. And like one of the scenes that cracks me up because I always forget about it is when he's trying to open the door and he opens the door and it hits the baby in the head. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, he's just yelling, like I don't know, gosh, this movie introduced me to Zach Galifianakis, um, who is mm-hmm. one of the funniest people ever to throw in a in a movie because he like his ability to just like play the dumb guy like so he's well so serious with it yes oh yeah oh my goodness his in between two fern so stuff is hysterical yeah. sometimes <laughs> i i love it when he does that kind of stuff but like this movie is so good it has so many good one-liners that are like are easy to like repeat um i think that the movie date like is a bit dated um uh, like some of the jokes like you go back so, and you're like ooh, maybe that i one. just watched it again this year and you're right. I mean, there are some stuff there. Uh, it's like might be like, I don't know if they would put in movies now, but mm-hmm. my God, it is still so freaking funny. Yeah, it's yeah. not dated <laughs> in that regard. Like I, I still cracked up and I've seen this movie a lot and I was dying at a lot of the scenes. It is just so, so funny. Yeah, it was on my short list as well. And, um, it is. It is my number three, by the way. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. cool. Okay. Without like, I don't know. how. Do we want to put spoiler warnings up at all? Uh, yeah sure sure I, if you haven't seen the hangover in two from 2009 a very slight spoiler that i love is that we find out that uh all of it was concocted by zach galifianakis like he roofied the whole crew so that they would have a really good time yeah <laughs> i that's uh, why they woke up without literally forgot that so <laughs> nice good. he didn't mean to he just had the worst drug dealer ever uh, mm. <laughs> so that's your number four and your number three kyle right Yep. Okay, my number four uh, is a movie that I don't know if you've heard of, but I really recommend you check it out. Not a comedy. It's Coherence. Uh, this is directed by James Ward Birkett. It is a sci-fi thriller where a group of friends at a dinner party begin to experience stranger and stranger events after an astronomical anomaly. Uh, it is basically like a a weird what is happening sci-fi movie that is really low budget but also incredibly good um i i can't recommend this enough as just a movie that's kind of unheard of for most people i mean it's it's got a cult following but unheard of for most people um it's extremely raw because it's basically strictly improvised uh one of the actors in the movie is the co-writer who was responsible for kind of reining people in if if need be but when they got to the set each day, they were just given a card and they was, it was like, this is your motivation for today. Like, that's it. Like, they just gave them a little bit of knowledge about what they should be kind of trying to do. But there were no lines. There was no script whatsoever. Um, it was a 50. 50- this sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I, and I mean that. I like, really I, recommend This sounds it. awesome. It's a $50,000 budget. Uh, it is very much a less is more movie. Um, I think it is awesome. The tension is thick. 
it is just very very cool i can't recommend it enough yeah so it, you know it's one of those uh it's not like they're having a raucous fun party like they do in movies <laughs> we're going to talk about later i'm sure but uh this is it, it is a dinner party and shit goes shit hits the fan real quick and is just a blast to watch unfold so uh coherence absolutely check it out if you have not already seen it what's your number three my number three, it, we can finally talk about it because Max was very upset that I included this in my list and not Clue. Uh, <laughs> but I picked Dinner for Schmucks, um, which I want to say, I want to say that when I was making these picks, one big thing that Max kept saying over and over again whenever I would mention movies that have parties but aren't centered around the party, that they aren't necessarily party movies. Like 21 Jump Street has a party scene. Oh, that's um, a party movie. The other guys has a party scene, but that. they're not like party movies um, or not. The other guys, uh, the the nice guys, the nice guys has a party scene. Oh, yeah, that's not, not a party, party movie. movie. I do think 21 um, Jump Street could classify because like, really? Yeah, because okay. they're like building up for a party. Like that's half the movie is like them inviting people over. Just like for me, the other guys has a party scene. It's not about it being a the party. Nice uh, yeah, gosh, stand <laughs> it. That, that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not about being a party, nor does it take up much of the yeah. runtime. Now, like Clue, it being a party yeah. isn't yes. necessarily like a huge event, but it is like the reason what they are there. It, it is yeah. like so yeah, much yeah, yeah, the movie. Yeah. So although it's not, you know, I fought with the idea with Clue because like all of them are there because they are being blackmailed and it's not really a party that they're showing up for they're just showing up to meet the guy right uh but it in turns into a party um but dinner for schmucks you know like from the like the early get-go of the film even from the title of the film the whole idea of it is that this office party where a bunch of bros get together every single year and invite the weirdest dumbest people they know so that they can make fun of them and like that that is the premise of the film it is a party that that we're gearing up for the whole film. This is also another movie with Zach Galifianakis, but it also has one of my favorite actors ever, which is Steve Carell. Um, and he's so and Paul Rudd. In this. Paul Rudd's incredible in it too, but he plays the, the straight man in this. Hey, Randall, Randall Park is also in Dinner for Schmucks and Chris O'Dowd and Jeff Dunham. What the heck? I don't remember Jeff Dunham being in there. <laughs> he but, plays Lewis huh. the ventriloquist. And Nick oh. Kroll and Andrea Savage and Kristen Shaw and Ron Livingston. Like, it's an all-star cast. Like, and that's why, like, I'm kind of disappointed by Dinner for Schmucks, uh, considering the cast. Like, I expected that's it to be fair. so much funnier than what I thought, than what it turned out to be for me. It's um, definitely not, like, up there with some of the other funniest films of all time, which it should be with that cast. You're right. And it was, a, and it's, like, a, a pretty fun premise. Like, it was pretty, uh, I think it's based on another movie. Like, I think it's a remake of another movie that I can't remember right now. Um, but I really like that premise. So like, I had really high hopes for it. And, yeah, it, it kind of fell flat for me, honestly. Um, there is one scene that I, I cracked up at, and that's when um, Steve Carell is, uh, pretending to be a penguin, and he's like, penguins usually go slow, except for when they're on turbo. And then he starts waddling really fast, and I don't know, that just killed me. I love it when he's trying to call his friend to warn him about like a a dinner date where like the wrong girls, like the the girl's gonna one of the girls he's like dating on the side or whatever is gonna show up, and uh, he's like, I, I'm calling to warn you about this. But I just realized that you don't have my passcode because he had his phone 
and he has his like his phone or I don't know, like they got their phone switched <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, I, I need you to go like go in and make sure that you like uh, do this thing. And then he's and he hangs up and he's like, oh, shoot. He calls him back. He's like, I just realized that you don't have my passcode to get into my phone. So in case you need it, it's this, 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 this. And then he hangs up again and then he answers it. And he's like, I just realized that you're not going to be able to answer any of these. And he's like, I don't even know why I'm calling you anymore. And he like gets really mad at himself. Steve oh. Carell's character is like cartoon cartoonishly stupid like oh yeah un- unbelievable like more than so. brick like, yes wow i think he have you never seen unbelievable- this Max? no never seen it i think he's more unbelievable than brick is as a character i thought this was on movie maybe it wasn't on movie no club. this maybe was yeah, definitely not on movie club mm. well we need to we you should watch this please don't really put it funny. on movie no, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you do i'll watch it it definitely doesn't seem like something i'd love but i'd be i'd, I'd watch no, it no max would not like this movie i, I, I do really, you don't think he would no, like it i at do all. like steve carell no but, I, I don't yeah i'm not mm. i'm not sure i would either speaking of movies that you all probably won't like at all but that i'd really like for you all to see another one out of left field here my third favorite party movie is called climax this is a film by gasper noe who is known like what happened in risky business for his uh Gaspar Noé is known <laughs> for his uh interesting confounding and controversial movies uh but G- climax is truly a party movie um it's basically filmed around an after party for a final dance rehearsal and the cast is drugged both uh on purpose and not on purpose and what follows is a descent into madness uh and hell only exaggerated by the effects of mistrust and drugs. Uh, so this is like a crazy movie. It's a French film, uh, part of the French New Wave, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I don't actually know what I'm talking about when I say that. So don't 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 worry about that. <laughs> but uh, like, so this is one of the films that I don't think I've ever had a more visceral reaction to a movie than what I did when I was watching Climax because I hated it, hated it, but like in a good way. It was incredibly effective, (laughs) incredibly effective and a really fantastic movie that I want to recommend to anybody who's willing to watch it because it is like it is literal hell. It is just insane. It is crazy. It is uncomfortable as can be and just wild. Some of the things that I love about it that are not the story that happens is much like coherence. Um, and this is kind of a theme with this entire film, I guess it's kind of naturalistic, uh, is that it was very heavily improvised. I think that almost entirely improvised. Uh, maybe there was one character who had acting experience. The rest were all just dancers that the director picked up. Um, <clears throat> and it was also filmed in a month. It was, uh, there was no real like beginning or end that was like structured out. Gaspar Noé kind of just wanted to do something different and was like, Hey, I want to hire you. Can you start on Monday? And then they filmed it in like a few week period. And that was that. So like very low budget, very improvisation heavy, like just not a lot that was actually planned out. And it feels very naturalistic and works really well. So uh, if you think that you would enjoy a movie that is a lot about dancing and uh it's not it's uh, let me you shook your head there kyle it's not about dancing (laughs) let me clarify i shouldn't have said that they are dancers but the movie is not about dancing in by any stretch of the imagination um oh frick footloose should count yeah it probably could absolutely (laughs) are you a big fan are you a big footloose fan i like footloose (laughs) you big footloose guy (laughs) 
I'm surprised you didn't know that about Dora, but he has it plastered all over you know, his you're right. websites. I should have known that. <laughs> uh, I think that there, I didn't fact check this, so I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure in Climax, there's like a 40 minute long one take, which is nuts. That is just unheard of, and it works very well. So let me re, re- say what I was going to say, Kyle. Forget what I said about dancing. If you're interested in a movie that explores people on a really bad acid trip, uh, this is the one to check out because it is extremely yeah, uncomfortable and awesome. I'm pretty out on this movie, man. I'm going to put it on the next list. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> It has your name in it, Max. That's true. Climax. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that... Uh, is this the one? I think this is the movie um, that Float in our Discord gave a half star to. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, my God. He was, he was <laughs> like, this is terrible. And I'm like, yes, four out of five. Great film. Loved it. Want to watch it again. So, uh, yeah, that's Climax. It is a party movie, but maybe in a bit of an interesting, unique way. Uh, my number two is uh, Footloose. No, it's not. I'm no. I've never seen Footloose. <laughs> You've never seen it? No. Which, the new one or the Kevin Bacon one? Yeah, what, what do you have against seen, Kevin Bacon? I've never seen a Footloose. Wow. You you don't take your socks off? No. Oh. That explains I am a not, lot. I'm not do you never kick joke. off your Sunday shoes? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I am Louisa. I regret this. <laughs> My number two is my generation's quintessential high school movie. Do you know what this is? Just from that sentence. Super bad. It is super bad. Nice. Nice. Super bad is about two two kiddos, three kiddos on a quest to go to a high school yeah. party. <laughs> One of them gets lost toward the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah, so I understand cops. why you only said two. <laughs> but two to three kiddos on a quest to find booze to go to a high school party to get laid because they want to not they don't want to suck dick at pounded vosh that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. uh that's a quote from the movie that was not me being <laughs> crass <laughs> a little bit of both yeah a little bit of both. a little bit of both Which um, the, I, the quotes in this film are what make this film god i love super bad so much i'm every, shocked every, it's not your number one i am too um yeah kind of me too um <laughs> you'll understand why okay. uh is your it number is, one the one that I'm going to be beating myself up about? It is not. not. It is oh, not. Okay. Um, I do think this is even more of a party movie than my number one is. Um, I'll explain that more later. But Superbad, I think, is just so good. I think it explains uh, my generation's high school days besides like me not partying. Like, it explains us so well. It's exactly how we talked. It's exactly how we acted. Um, and it's just, it's still so funny. Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, hilarious. <laughs> Bill Hader's hilarious. Him um, talking to his teacher. He's like, <laughs> so funny. He's like, I'm not trying to be mean, and I don't want to, I don't want to besmirch whatever you're doing, but like, this is what. Like, when the fuck? Well, I need to make tiramisu. <laughs> I just took this class so I could get an easy A. Yeah, oh uh, it's just so genius. And when the, <laughs> Vogel like comes into the classroom, she's like, Vogel. Hi! (laughs) All right. I was like, I gotta leave. And just the awkwardness between Michael Sarah talking to girls, that just feels so real. Oh, Um, yeah. He's like, uh, I don't know. I love Superbad. I think everybody should see Superbad. I I would recommend this to literally anyone. I'm not, I don't think everybody would like it, but I would recommend it to every single person. I was surprised Emily liked it, but she fell in love with it. Like, oh my gosh, she lost her mind watching this film. 
Oh, so funny. Superbad is really good. And I knew it was guaranteed to be on your list. I'm Like I said, I'm shocked it's not your number one. But I, I'd like to rewatch this one because I liked it quite a bit. But it's still not one that I just was blown away by or anything. But I still stand by the first 30 minutes of Superbad is the funniest opening 30 minutes of any movie. Wow. I used to watch that stuff on repeat. Like, I, you, Max, you mentioned yeah, having friends over. Like, I would go over to my friend's house and we'd watch the first 30 minutes of Superbad and then start playing video games. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, up to the point to where... They're like, uh, they get hit by the car. Like, that's when we would turn it off. Even though the rest of the movie is still funny after that, but that first 30 minutes is just so hilarious. <laughs> just like pre-gaming with Superbad. <laughs> She's like... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> essentially, like, all right, let's get the right mindset here. Yeah. Get some quotes under our belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Doolin, what's your number two? All right, my number two is the party movie that most closely resembles my parties that i actively have been to my entire ooh, life ooh, can i take a guess yeah go for is it. it game night it is 1000 percent game night that was what i picked that was Yay! the movie that i thought Yay! for sure was gonna be on your list no game night is incredible and i almost didn't include it but i rewatched like part of it and they called their group meeting up together a party like a thousand times and i was like this is a party movie it's a party movie it's um, definitely a party these, movie these the these adults who have a hard time um making plans with each other because some of them have kids because some of them uh are jash all of these issues yeah some of them are jash like <laughs> it's it's great uh, i love the like that they all get together and they want to play board games uh, or any kind of game but really board games is what the group does and uh jason bateman's brother is going to basically decide what they gonna, what they're going to do that evening and he shows up um preparing them for like an escape room style game like there's gonna, there's gonna be puzzles it's gonna be extravagant because his brother is very wealthy and then all of a sudden two actual thugs show up and kidnap his brother in front of them and they all think it's a part of the bit um and so for a majority of this film which is hilarious it's just a group of these adults who have grown up playing games together uh treating an actual crime as an escape room game <laughs> and, and i love that uh jason bateman and rachel mcadams like killed this movie um i love both of them a lot and so I, I i i think this is a great film it's one that emily and i both like um i like we'll go back to and watch uh to have like a good good funny night but really good film you didn't even mention movie. the funniest actor in the movie and that's Ooh, jesse it, Plemons. i was about to say is it the guy who's like matt damon uh b yeah, b character he is matt david b <laughs> he is jesse Plemons uh, is he's so, so freaking funny, funny. Oh. he's like how is that profitable for frito-lay <laughs> that quote <laughs> kills me i think jesse Plemons is an actor that i want to see more of his movies because i think he's been fantastic in everything i've seen but i just haven't oh, seen him in that much please I, he doesn't come in until the very like last season but He's really good in Breaking Bad too, and he's actually really yes. funny in Breaking Bad too. As uh, oh man, I didn't know there was a scene really in Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad too. Yeah, <laughs> he's good in a Fargo. Also, see, uh, not the oh, movie, I was about to say, the, I was like, I've seen the, the TV movie. show. Okay, okay. The no, TV, like he's the, in TV the TV series, show? which is oh, the TV man. show Fargo is incredible. I've heard it's really I need good. to watch yeah. that. He's in. A, That's going to be what we watch next. He's in Killer of the Flower Moon. Uh, Killer Killers oh, really? of the Flower Moon. Oh, nice. And then he's uh, is he like a serious role or a funny role? 
I assume quite serious I because serious. I think yeah, most of that movie serious, is right? serious. Yeah. Uh, he's also um, <clears throat> in uh, what's it? It's the Civil War movie, the Alex Garland movie that's coming out next year. Um, he's in that one as well. So um, I need to see more. It, it also has Lamorne Morris from New Girl in it, uh, mm. who is hilarious in this. Oh, he's in Like Mike, apparently. Yeah. Couldn't tell yeah. you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's like the bully. Is he really? <laughs> which, yep. yeah, Emily, I, I watched that movie like two or three years ago, which is. Why? I know. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but I did. And I saw him what? in that. I was like, wait a second. Is that is that Matt Damon like light? And it was. It was him. This is the most absurd thing I've heard on this podcast ever. <laughs> that that Dylan watched Like watched Mike like two Mike three years ago. Two years ago. He's also in uh, he's in Vice, which we mentioned earlier. And he's in Paul. The uh, he is in Vice. The he's the narrator movie. in Vice. He's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to see more Jesse Plemons stuff because I think he's great. Please watch. But... I should have made us watch Vice this week. It, Vice is so good. Interesting. My number two is a movie that I think Kyle has seen. I could be wrong. I don't think Dylan has seen yet. I will not be spoiling the movie. Um, that is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies by Helena mm. Rain. Yes, I've seen it. Max, we've talked I about it. So, many times. I thought so, man. I thought so. I was on the podcast when you guys talked about oh, it. I know oops. all about this well, film. Oh, well, you should still watch it. What did, did you like it, Kyle? I don't recall. Yeah, I like Bodies, okay. Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, I think Bodies, uh, Bodies, Megan Bodies. Megan was not a fan. I know. Yeah, neither was Danielle. <laughs> uh, neither was Danielle. I think it's hilarious. It's about a it's a horror comedy uh, about upper class privileged millennials struggling to make it through a hurricane without killing each other. Now, you might be like, how is this a party movie? Uh, because it's literally a hurricane party. Like, that's what they call it when they meet up together at this at this house to basically last out the hurricane uh but i think it's a it's a it's a great little movie it's funny uh it's a bit of a whodunit where you're trying to solve the murder the whole way through uh, it's a mix of like tension and comedy it's that uh very millennial heavy though like uh you may mm-hmm. not if you don't jive with that if you don't like that you're not gonna like this movie but i think it's done really well uh rachel sinnott well not millennial uh, gen z rather uh yeah rachel sinnott super bad as millennial you're right you're right you're right uh, Rachel Sinnott is amazing. I just absolutely love love her in so many movies, including Bodies, 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 which was, I think, the first movie I saw with her in it. Uh, it's got, like, some really cool cinematography and lighting because it's mostly shot in the dark with, like, the use of glow sticks and cell phone screens to light people's faces. So I think that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, I just think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a great movie. It's going to be a kind of a controversial one where a lot of people don't really like it. But for me, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It cracks me up. I've seen it twice, and I need to see it again. I, I really like it. I do like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It, it did make my short list for this, too. Oh, nice. Like my great. Yeah, yeah, range. sweet. I was. I just knew it would be on your list. I was like, right. oh, I don't really need to like fit it in there. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm happy that you even like considered it. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's very good, and I, I think if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. You should try and not be spoiled if you haven't already been spoiled by our podcast or anywhere else. But uh, do even if you haven't spoiled, I still recommend checking it out. But yeah, I don't know that you like it as much as I do, maybe even as much as Kyle does. Yeah, but I'm willing to watch. I think it. you'd like it. Yeah, this is one that's like a coin flip for me whether Dylan likes. Agreed. It or not. Yeah, it's yeah, really a fifty fifty. Agreed. I I I think from what I've heard, it doesn't sound like it takes itself too seriously. Not at so, all. Like. I just I would throw it on and I bet I would like yeah, it. Yeah, not at all. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, which is spoiling, but it's not like real heavy spoiling uh, because, you know, I told you already they're struggling to make it through the hurricane without trying to kill each other. At one point in time, a girl gets shot. Rachel Sennett gets shot. 
and she she screams you shot me and the person with the gun in her hand the only gun around is like no i didn't <laughs> yes like, i love that that was so funny like, yes you did oh uh, and there's so many like funny privileged so gen, z. gen z lines where she's like uh your upper middle class and that's like a derogatory term like an insult and there's just so many ah uh, oh, it's so good i i want to watch this movie again already but yeah that's bodies 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 for me fantastic film you ready for my number one i am i am i'm so excited I, okay so my number one is not as party as super bad i don't even know if it's as funny as super bad but it's a movie i like more than super bad wow. It's in my top four on Letterboxd, or it was. It's a top five movie for me. And it is Wedding Crashers. Mm. I almost put this in my list. Uh, so, Wedding Crashers has big party vibes early. Yeah. Um, because they're, it's just them going from wedding to wedding. Uh, which, uh, weddings are just massive parties. And they are just, like, hooking up with girls and getting <laughs> drunk and having a good old time. But the majority of the movie is spent with them... Um, at Rachel McAdams uh, house, dad's house, uh, and them just like kind of hanging out, you know, just like kind of getting to know each other. And I guess it's like a weekend stay there. And um, Vince Vaughn is with, uh, I forget the actress's name, Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher. He's with Vince Vaughn's with her and she's kind of a wackadoo. She's a stage five clinger. And Owen Wilson is just trying to get Rachel McAdams to fall in love with him. But she is engaged to Bradley Cooper, who's a real D bag in this movie, but hilarious. Um, <laughs> I I love Wedding Crashers. I think it's very funny. I love. It. I'm a big Vince Vaughn guy, uh, as we've stated on the podcast before. Um, but I also think the uh, movie is just like really solid. I think it's a really good rom com. Yeah, Wedding Crashers is great. I I is this was on my short list. It's another movie much like The Hangover, that I really liked at the time, and I do not know how or if it holds up. Uh, I feel like we've spoken on this uh, about this on the pod before, but if not, we've, we've probably talked privately about it. But Wedding Crashers, for me, was like the first movie where I actively like paused it to look at... Uh, boobies uh i I was i learned how to freeze frame in fact it wasn't i don't even think it was paused i think it was called freeze frame on whatever dvd player i had at the time uh and yeah that's when in the beginning where there's just like the montage of them like constantly going from wedding to wedding bed to bed yeah as a as a young teenager that was formative for me um but anyways i think it's i think it's a great film at least it was for me back then i think it's hilarious uh one of in my opinion like i'm not a big i like them i like them but i'm not a huge owen wilson vince vaughn fan like i think they're i think they're both good but i don't have anything in particular that really is stand out for me uh but i think they were both pretty great in wedding crashers and uh yeah just a very enjoyable absolutely a party film for sure uh, it's just it's very quotable mm-hmm. um and i think you'd be surprised about like how well it stands up there, there might be some things where you're like especially with, like the grandma and stuff where you're like eh mm-hmm. that's probably not getting by in 2023 but yeah i think it holds up pretty well gotcha. so i've yet to see this i really need to oh, i really need yes. yeah Adore i, I got to put this instantly. on my list yeah i think you would i mean yeah as long as you like those kinds of comedies like you're going to like this but I remember it being like one of my favorites back then. Uh, and, you know, you I always like it. say that I don't like comedies, but I loved Wedding Crashers at one point in my life. I'd be curious to, to rewatch <laughs> it and see. But good, good finale. I'm actually I did not realize that you liked that more than Superbad. 
that you liked it so much. Yep. So that's very, very yeah. interesting. Good to know. Well, somebody had to crown it number one. And so I will crown Super Bad mm. my number one nice. film. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was, I, I watched it for the first time, I think this year? Really? Or was it last wow. year? I can't remember. It was on our movie yeah. club and we had to watch it and I lost it like crying laughing watching this film and you're right like it it gets it gets us like i think really well like millennials and how we grew up and like how people joked and how people talk to each other a lot of times when teenagers talk to each other in films it's like oh did you like how how was homework last night did you see the big game? Like that's not how we Did talk you talk to, to each John other. the last night? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, you're that's calling not each how other we talk like each other at all. Right. You're calling you're calling each other derogatory terms, and mm-hmm. you're swearing a whole lot, mm-hmm. and you're talking about sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your mind is just always there uh, as you're growing up, and like the <laughs> like some of my favorite bits are like when they're trying to tell jokes and they just don't land like for each other. But they, I, I don't. I, oh my gosh, so many, so many good like moments. Uh, there's one with Jules, which is the girl that um, Jonah Hill's character really likes. And Emily and I lost it laughing because, like, I am really bad about this with her, where, like, I'll just make a joke and then we'll just move on. And I'm like, neither of us laughed at this. We got to talk about this. Like, did, was that not funny at all? And he's like, like, she's like, she says something along the lines of, like, uh, like, if you get the, like, the booze, like, you can come to the party, like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and he goes, well, the funny <laughs> thing about my, <laughs> my back is that it's locate, located on my cock, <laughs> and, and, so and, he, and, like, they don't laugh at all, <laughs> like, that, that, that killed me, um, like, yeah, oh, I'm my gosh, that for show. I'm getting that for show, his obsession with penises oh is also gosh, just dude. really funny too. Dude, that big like big one of the jar of lube for your <laughs> the, well he's the like, montage where like he's like he's drawing he's like, oh yeah, yeah growing yeah. up he couldn't stop drawing them yeah. on everything dicks like man dicks <laughs> <laughs> so I, one day i was drawing this big veiny triumphant bastard <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to explicit this episode <laughs> Yeah, probably so. Yeah, most of them deserve to be. <laughs> like, I think there's so many good quotes in this, but I'm just like, uh, oh my goodness. I, it's hard to remember them in the moment, but the I think revisiting it, my favorite bits now are the bits with the cops and McLovin. Like, every time they're talking, oh, it's yeah. just really funny. McLovin is fantastic. Um, Oh my goodness! And when they, when he shows them his ID the very first time, it's like, oh yeah, you can pick whatever name you want. And they're like, so you laid it on McLovin? Like, yeah, why the fuck would you be between that and Muhammad and McLovin? Muhammad's the most common name in the world. Read a book. <laughs> Man, I I really should rewatch this. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, he he bought that vest because he thought I'd make him look older. <laughs> he looks like Aladdin. <laughs> Of thirteen beers to go, please. <laughs> thirteen road beers. <laughs> thirteen road beers. We could have just named this the super bad quote along uh, podcast episode. Um, yep, it's like I the Pee Wee Herman episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. Both of those movies. You don't want to get mixed up with the likes of me. <laughs> Daddy. 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 <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? God, we turned it into a Pee Wee. 
<laughs> Shoot. Uh, oh, it's so good. We cannot do this. We just did. When we have guests on. We can't. No, we can do it with <laughs> us. We can't do it when we have no, guests on. No, they'll be fine. They've probably Unless seen they Pee-wee start recording too. too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's Exactly. If we start it and we say, Donnie, and they don't, then we move right along. <laughs> we, can't, yeah, like, we can't quote Tim Robinson. So like, I don't know. Know. We just move on. I don't know. If I say, you sure about that? And they don't lean in, then we just bypass that segment and move right along. <laughs> if you put your arms up here and you're like, oh, are you sure? <laughs> it could be any one of us. <laughs> so, so realistically, we need to come up with a bunch of like feelers. That we just like oh. figure out where to toss them into conversation and see if our guests we, like roll with it or not. We just need to get like five YouTube like clips of things that we have like as a prerequisite to be on the show. You have to yeah. watch these no. things. I mean, I think you should leave as like quick enough. Like that should be a prerequisite. You have to watch all three seasons. I've not even Knock seen that all out three in about seasons. four and a half hours. <laughs> okay, have you guys? You got to watch Playtime by yet? Jacques Tati. What'd you, what'd you say, Kyle? <laughs> have you seen the ghost tour episode yet? No. No. Boys, you have homework after this podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't care how late okay. it is. I, listen, that's, that's exciting homework. <laughs> it's like it's a two or three minute clip. What about Coffin Flop? No, oh, that one's so <laughs> hilarious. Yes, everybody, who, who hasn't seen Coffin <laughs> Flop? Am I right? One of my new favorites is them at dinner. Uh, he's at dinner and his date keeps eating the best nachos. <laughs> And so he gets the waiter to like tell tell her that there's a rule against eating. I've not seen that. So many of the best nachos. I mean, I got a lot of homework to do. So good. What are you talking about? (laughs) She's like, did you get him to say this to you? What are you? Are you what? It's so good. I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm doing. Speaking of homework, though, I need to watch more Tim Robinson. But I think both of you need to watch this movie. At least I, I oh, assume. No. no, no. Actually, genuinely, don't worry about oh, okay. it. Don't worry about it, Doolin. You do not have to worry about me. You may have actually even seen it already. Uh, oh. But this is this is my favorite party movie, and that's Dazed and Confused. By Richard oh, no, Linklater. Oh my I gosh. See, oh, see, I have not seen I, it. Look at me. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> this is like one of the cult classic, iconic high school comedy coming of age party movies. Like it is it is one of the best. Uh, Richard Linklater is a pro- prolific director. He's done a lot of fantastic movies. Um, but this is probably my favorite of the ones that I've seen so far, which, to be clear, I have not seen many Linklater films. But um, it's really interesting because it's not like, you know, we're, we're sitting here quoting Pee-wee and quoting Superbad and quoting I Think You Should Leave. And I think Rich, I think Dazed and Confused is quite quotable, <laughs> but it is not like, oh, man, that is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Like, no, it's really not. Mm. It's very funny. There's a lot of comedic bits that I would attempt to quote with you right now had you already seen the movie, but I can't do that. But it's not like the funniest thing in the world, nor is it like the most exciting thing in the world. It's really just like a painting of the 70s and kind of just like a slice of life. And you watch, I would guess I would argue two main characters kind of figure out their senior year and freshman year. And all that happened in between, uh, and it's it's a 24-hour movie, to clarify. It, it basically starts the morning of the last day of school and ends the morning after the last day of school. Um, 
And I just think it's it's delightful. I did not think that I would like it nearly as much as I did. Um, I expected that I think I would think it was good, but not great. But I'm here to tell you, I think it's really fantastic. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. I believe they used 10% of the budget on the soundtrack. I think it's a $7 million movie. And uh, it's a lot of money on a soundtrack. But they I, they made the right call. Because it was like each of those needle drops, for me in particular, uh, was just a warm hug. I, I, I'm a child of the 90s. I was born in 94. But like the 70s music is what I grew up on. And so I do have a particular attachment to that decade, despite obviously not being born in that decade. Uh, but like something about it was just so fun to sit and and just kind of envelop yourself in it. And I don't know. I, I really, really liked it. And I really recommend that you all uh, watch it whenever you are available it is another one uh that much like coherence and climax are very like naturalistic i don't think this one was that heavily improvised but it just feels very natural and a lot of people say that richard linklater is one of the best directors for dialogue uh we watched the before sunrise and we did a a patreon episode on that as well which that was pretty good but i like this one much better than before sunrise even Uh, i think it's i think it's great i think it's really really solid party 70s movie fantastic this is one that I want to see because I feel like it's like a cultural blind spot for me yeah. because it is so like popular mm-hmm. and well regarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if this movie was made today, th- with the same time difference of when it was made to when it was set, it'd be a nice. The movie would take place in two thousand six. <laughs> crazy. The year I graduated high school. That... So <laughs> the, <it's, laughs> it is hard to think about. That is wild. <laughs> Something like that. It's also a uh, you know kind of similar to how I mentioned in climax where they kind of just picked up a bunch of dancers that didn't have acting experience i think that is a lot of what not entirely but a lot of what they did for <laughs> dazed and confused too where they literally just like picked up people in austin to be in the movie because it's based in texas but it's it's not really like it, it doesn't really hyper focus on that because it's meant to appeal to anybody but um there's not a lot of star power in this movie uh there are a few there are a few and that would be Ben Affleck, who I didn't even realize uh, was in the movie until about an hour in. I was like, oh, my God, that's Ben Affleck. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> which I think this is his first credited role. Yeah, I think this is his like, breakout. Yeah, and he's, sure. he's great. He's fantastic. Iconic lines, for sure. And Parker Posey, I think, it would be the other third like star. Mm-hmm. The rest of them aren't really that prolific of a movie star or anything like that. And And even still, when this movie was made, none of them were. Like, this was like where they kind of maybe got some traction in the in the industry but i i was gonna say adam goldberg but i can't really tell you more than like one other thing that he's in yeah (laughs) i think it's just uh it's just really great i watched it specifically for this list i watched it uh wednesday night and or no not wednesday when i don't know when i watched it don't worry about it monday night um and didn't expect me to like it nearly as much i figured you know maybe it'll make the list because i don't have that many party movies but it it mm. shot up to to number one i i love it now if i was having clue on this list clue would be my number one i like clue more i'm a big clue guy uh but days and confused is fantastic and you should absolutely check it out i recommend it and i'm sad that you haven't seen it yet because now we can't quote the funny lines there's a character named Slater who is high the entire movie. Uh, very, very quotable lines. Good guy. Good guy. Behind every man is a Martha Washington. You'll you'll get it later. Don't worry about it. Anyways, uh, yeah, you don't have anything to say about that. Any uh, Anything else you want to talk about before the episode uh, runs its course? I feel good. After you all picked yours, I was like, I'm going to come in here and I'm not going to. No, you were fine. Like, like y'all are going to make fun yeah, of my picks. 
the dinner whole time, for schmucks. But... I don't, I don't like. Uh, it's a party. It's a party movie. I just don't. Yeah, but like the, the fact that he picked much. that over Clue. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. It felt like more of a party film. That's crazy. <laughs> Good list though. I do like Clue more than that. Well, I should hope uh, so. Thank God though, for that. But, uh... <laughs> that would be uh, ridiculous if you didn't. But great list, guys. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually now want to leave and go watch a few of these. Like right, now. I know. Me hey, too. Dazed and Confuses on Hulu, free streaming. Check it out. And uh, first, you guys coherence have the... and climax. Watch those two. You have a homework first before you get to okay. movies. I gotta finish to Lahane. The ghost, the ghost I'm, tour. I'm, I got 20 minutes left on Lahane. No, it's that second. No, we'll see. Thanks for watching, or God dang it! Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll see you next week uh, with another board game box office. And Kyle, as always, let's get out of here. Party on. <laughs>